It's four past six. Kia ora, good morning, and welcome into Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. And the most important part of that sentence is the first one because after going AWOL, going walkabout in the in Queensland's outback, he is back, Israel Dag. How are you, brother? Daggy the Wrangler. Hey, going. Good dingo to be dagger. Back. <laughs> dingo dagger. I don't even see one dingo while I was there. Ripped off. Couldn't believe it. Do you see Robbie Deans? <laughs> no, I didn't see Robbie oh, Deans. Okay. Didn't see anything rugby orientated, really, let's be honest. Plenty happening over there while, while we're there in terms of Rugby Australia. But uh, look, everywhere we went, we spoke about the Wallabies, and well, hardly anyone knew about it because we're in Queensland. And uh, the reality <laughs> is, yeah, people that wanted to talk about it, they were pretty quiet. Mm, yeah. I bet they were. I bet mm. they were, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how was that trip? How did you survive? <laughs> Four weeks with Beaver in Outback Queensland. Oh, look, it's fair to say that Beaver um, was quite over me after it. Uh, he, he started calling me BA. BA? And, uh, you know, high and mighty. Oh. Uh, born again. Born again, oh, Dagger. Oh, right. Mm. Right. Oh, not BA Baracus <laughs> from the A team. <laughs> no, it was, he called me BA every single day, born again. Look, it was a totally different trip to France. Uh, I'll be completely honest. Mm. The best thing about Queensland is you get up at five, you go for a walk, you go get a coffee, everyone's out. Everyone's into their, their morning because it's 30 degrees. You go for a swim, you go to the gym. So every morning at 5, 5.30, I think even one time we got up because we started at 7, we are up at quarter to, four, uh, quarter to 5 to go to the gym. Um, so that paints a good picture of how well behaved we were. <laughs> yeah. It was totally different. I think the latest I went out, oh, the reason I had to go out late is we were in Sunshine Coast and the one and only Richard Kahui, Cax, comes and uh, visits us and, well, Beaver's well and truly thirsty by then. So I got dragged around and I, our Hyundai people mover. And I was on uh, driving duties, and well, they dragged me around till two thirty in the morning. So that was the latest. <laughs> yeah, but still sober. Three Excellent. and a half months. Well done, mate. Well done, because when you when you told me you're going out back Aussie, I was like, that's hot. You develop a thirst there. It could yeah. be. It could be. They, 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 <laughs> this is a real test for the dagger. Well, did you go any of those zero point zero percent Heinekens or anything like that? I I had um, zero the um, northern the Great Northern. Oh, yeah. They're a nice drop over in Australia. Uh, I went zeros on those. And then you just tripped your typical um, 0% peronies and things like that. But, yeah, look, day one, we fly in. It's 30 degrees. And I'm like, man, this is hot. Wow, this is going to be a hell of a trip. We go to the Outback. We we travel to Longreach. We were meant to get an overnight train for 25 hours. Thank goodness. No, I'm not saying thank goodness, but there was bushfires happening. Yeah. Uh, so we weren't able to get the train, which Beaver and myself gave it a bit of a wink and a fist pump. So we flew into a place called Longreach. Well, I walked out of the airport, 43 degrees, <laughs> stinking hot. <laughs> and, uh, mate, it, it was a good trip, absolutely good trip. Um, Longreach is actually the home of Qantas, Queensland and, Nor- uh, Queensland and Northern Service. No, Queensland and Northern Territory Aerial Service. Uh, is that what Qantas stands for? That's what Qantas stands for, okay. and Longreach was the home of Qantas. That's where it was all created and started. Um, but, mate, awesome trip. Day one, seen a snake. Obviously. Day one, seen a snake. We said, no, we can't. This is only the first day, and we've seen a snake cr- cross the road, and we're in our bus. We said, don't stop, mate. But we're here, obviously, stopping. Didn't happen, and uh, and then, mate, we did everything. We saw a cassowary. 
So cassowary yeah. is a, a relative of the dinosaurs. It's yeah. like a our moa emu. It's got big claws, and you never see them. We saw them. We saw it uh, halfway through a trip up in the wild. So sweet. The the famous thing about the cassowary is the male does all the work. So the chick, you know, has the baby, and yeah. then she wanders off, and the chicks hang out all dead till till they're old enough. And then he boots them off, and then they do it all again. Ah, interesting. So flip it, flip it round. Yeah, look, it was an awesome trip. Um, a different trip in terms of France, and mate, just knowing that Queensland's right there, three hours away. And we only scratched the surface, because I'll tell you how we stat. If Queensland was its own country, it'll be the 18th biggest country in the world. Ooh, That's how big stat. it is. <laughs> stat attack. <laughs> Outstanding. Outstanding. As always, great to have you back, brother. Great to have you Thank back you. on board, mate. Good and uh, no doubt the family. How are you, Rick Dog? Oh, mate, I'm... I'm uh, I'm I'm all good, mate. I'm all good. A couple of weeks ago, we had uh, we had COVID go through the house, but uh, <laughs> I heard, mate, but, uh, oh, mate. you've had COVID your whole life though with that cough. Oh, mate. Well, yeah. The <laughs> funny thing is, I had that cough, and it wasn't that wasn't COVID, mate. Mm. I, got, I got sicker than I've ever been. I reckon. I you know, and you know how good blokes go when they're crook. Um, but I was like, man, I was like, oh, mm, something up here. I'm not sure. Went to the doctors. They was like, nah, not COVID. No, nothing else. It's just some you got a flu or something. So I go, ah. And I got over that and then I was just about right and I took my daughter swimming and started getting like I thought I was getting a head cold. It wasn't too it wasn't real gnarly or anything, but it was a you know, a head cold but snotty and a bit of a sneeze and I was like, uh, oh, tested positive for COVID. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. Is that thing still going around? Well, there's been a, a mate of mine works in a medical centre and she said like they've had a massive spike in the last sort of month, six weeks. Wow. Uh, they reckon over five thousand cases a day. It's a it's a new strain. Yeah, crazy. We didn't even hear about it in Australia. Can't um, survive in the heat, mate. You just burn it all off. <laughs> just burn it off. Mate, honestly, I can understand why so many Kiwis moved to the to Queensland. Like you you wake up. And it's 30 degrees. It's not stinking, and it's not a harsh heat like New Zealand. When we get a hot day, it's just burns you. It's just a constant nice heat, and it's just a great way to start your day. How's yeah, the Because tan? I was getting up early. Oh, the tent. Oh, do you want me to take my shirt off? Go on. Oh, go on then. Okay. Because <laughs> the reality is, we I, ha- I set myself a goal yeah. when I went over there to train every day. and Well, train pretty much every day, and we didn't train in a place called Daintree Rainforest which is in the middle of nowhere. And if you want to go to a rainforest, like David Attenborough said, you don't need to go to any other... Da- uh, you don't need to go to the Amazon if you've got the Daintree. Bang. It's that good. Um, we, I, I did 100 press-ups and 100 sit-ups minimum a day. Wow, that's I good. I continued on throughout, the, um, throughout that trip. So I've got a... Yeah, I'm, I'm the, pretty, um, is the pretty regular, chocolate at the moment. Rig so. looking pretty good then. Oh, don't make me take shit off. No, well, mate, you're in Christchurch. I wouldn't do that to you. Beaver got sick of me, B.A. <laughs> B.A. How, how much of a uh, shock to the system was that going from 30, 40 degrees to Christchurch? Mate, it was so cold yesterday. Um, I think in the morning got up to 15. And I was like, oh, this is not bad. But then in the afternoon, it was just freezing. Yeah, it was a bit of a shock to the system. Um, but mate, it's great to be home. The kids are chuffed. They are sleeping in my bed, so it's um, it's <laughs> they're kicking me in the head all night. So it's back to reality for me. Um, but it's good to be home, back on the airways, and and ready to rip into a to a big show. Yeah, mate. Well, excellent. Yeah, let's let's have a look what we've got coming up because we have uh, Justin Nelson 
Uh, talking basketball, the Sales NBL have introduced a trade window, the first yeah. pro league in New Zealand to do that. We'll talk to them about what that means and how it works. Uh, Giancarlo Italiano, the coach of the uh, Phoenix, we've got him on the show as well. I pre-recorded this chat yesterday uh, with him, uh, Dagger, so you can put your feet up mm. and grab a coffee. And then, uh, and, and old mate of yours, Sam Parks, is coming yeah. on after eight as well. Yeah, the reigning King of the Ring champion. Uh, I went to school with Sam Parks. He's obviously playing for East Coast. Yep. So he's he's very good at rugby. But he was a young kid when I was at high school, and cheeky as hell. Like he's from, uh, he's up the coast, you know, yep. above Gizzy and Ruatoria ways. His family. I went to. Sc- I was actually a year older than his brother Ben Parks, and I played a bit of rugby with him. And uh, he was cheeky, man. And then I was watching um, YouTube, mm-hmm. and then I, was, I, was, I said, Sam Parks, he put up a clip on Facebook, and I was like, oh, yeah, what's this fella up to? Watch his YouTube, and I was like, holy. Oh, hey. And here's me probably giving this guy a little check around the ears for being cheeky at school. Wouldn't yeah. touch him now. Yeah, yeah. No, we, we'll, we'll, have br- we'll have to bring that up in the, uh, in the interview. <laughs> Do not mate. bring it up. <laughs> I'd be like, so uh, is it true that the last person you lost a fight to was Izzy? <laughs> When you were like 12 and he beat you yeah. up? I think he was about 11, mate. He was that young and he was cheeky as hell. But, um, mate, looking forward to having a chat to him. He's doing great things in the fighting scene. He actually tried to have a crack up at uh, the Northland Tunnifars. It didn't quite eventuate, but it'd be cool to chat him about that. And, and where does he see his rugby career going as well? Yeah, we'll do all of that. Uh, it's also SCNZ Roll Call. Text us now. Where are you listening to us? What are you doing? And how are you listening to us? Double eight, double three. Roll Call. Let us know where you are. $100 Adidas Golf Voucher up for grab today as well. With Who Am I? I speak English, Mandarin and Romanian. There you go. That is your first clue. I speak English, Mandarin and Romanian. Double eight, double three. You know, got you've got it. I got it. It's, I got it, Robbie, pretty easily, didn't I? Yeah. All over it, sharp, mate. It's because your body's a temple now that's cleaned your mind. <laughs> no, no, no. It's because I watch this person and become a fan. All oh, right, okay, and that, <laughs> and that. Okay, double eight, double three. So we've got uh, lots going on on the show today. We want to hear from you uh, on the roll call and see if you know the answer to who am I for that hundred dollar Adidas golf voucher. Let's get to triple three. Round one, five. Three big questions of the day. The first one was how was Queensland, but we kind of did that. It was very good. It was very good. I could see myself there in a couple of years. Oh, yeah. Sunshine Coast. Retired to the sunshine? Retired. It was cool, though, because we got uh, pulled up from a guy, Steve, actually, in the Gold Coast. He listens to our show, so he must get up early and and tune in. So he was absolutely chuffed. But, yeah, Queensland was good, but it's great to be home. There's nothing like home in your own backyard. Beautiful. Round two. A story came out yesterday that Chloe Knott um, from the Wellington Phoenix, now she has been with them since day dot. She's played in every game they've played as well over the, well, into the third season. Uh, but she's pulled the pin. She said, nah, I'm out. And basically said it is the financial pressure because of what they earn or don't earn. Um, so she has a mortgage she has to pay in Auckland with her partner. She has to pay for a rental in Wellington. So she gets paid by the Phoenix to play, but she has jobs before training and after training to pay all the bills. Yeah. And it's just got too Mickey. Yeah, I read her um, release on her Instagram um, on on Twitter yesterday, and I was like, fair enough. You know, like when they've got to move from their home base to Wellington, that should be in the clause to say accommodation and a car should be provided because that is stress when you're playing at high performance that you do not need. Mm-hmm. 
You know, like you got to pay your own own support along that way. Like it's that's probably one hundred and one of professional sport, and it, and it really shines a light of uh, women's sport, particularly in the football arena in, in New Zealand. Yeah, like we we are starting to make games in terms of rugby. They're getting to a place where players are getting paid. Players, um, you know, equality is is similar to to the men's in terms of travelling. Probably not the financial side of it, but. I applaud her for standing up for it because the reality is people would probably see the, the glitz and glamour on the 90 minutes on the field, but the hard work that's off the field, it's 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 pretty challenging for these, these players. And I, I've met Chloe. She was, I did an event with her in Auckland. She speaks really, really well. Um, so I guess the question is, Rick Dog, is, is what's she going to do now? Is she going to... Because if she's the reason she's here is everyone in their, in their own mind feel like they can play in the... EPL over in, in, in the north, and that's where the money is for these players. But is she good enough to and capable enough to go to another team? Is someone else in the A League, or is it is it a problem with A League as a whole in terms well, of the women? Well, I think, they're not there. I think it's possibly part of that. I think the uh, A League budget for a women's team is somewhere around six, seven hundred thousand dollars, mm. right? And that's for the whole squad. Yeah. So each player's getting maybe so what, that's, that's salary. That's salary. Yeah. She's probably more talking about help yep. outside of the game. You know, like, she's picking up her whole life. Like, with the Players Association, when you're a player outside of the region and you have to move to another region and play NPC or Super Rugby, you get a travel allowance. So you get a sum of money that will help towards rent and, and transportation. Um, it, you know, I think it was maybe $8,000, something like that, for you to move for four months to go and play rugby. Look, it's not a hell of a lot, but it helps. It helps, you know, to take that stress of having to worry about paying rent. Why don't they do something like that? Well, that's because uh, that, that's, that's not involved in the salary gap. No, that's a great question, actually, and mm. it's something we should probably put to the Phoenix and find out. I mean, the other thing is, is he while you were away, they announced there's going to be an A League team out of Auckland next season, but mm, they're not so putting yeah. a women's team until the following season. Um, mm. But also, Chloe not wants to play for New Zealand. Uh, but she's got to do the residency. She needs another year, so that's why she can't just bugger off and go and play up in England again. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so I saw that. Well done on that announcement, Rick Dog. I saw you. You're in there riding the in the pack. Oh, mate. Yeah, in there with the microphone out, looking like a proper journalist and stuff. Well, you'd, you'd say as a female, uh, woman, you'd, you'd. But I think this is an A League. Like when they've got a salary cap that's six, seven hundred thousand. That's a salary cap, so you, you're not going to get any more money out of them. Whereas a guy like Ben was a. Ben Foley, that's that bought it. Bill Foley, yeah. Bill Foley, um, yeah, well, he's worth plenty. Oh, mate, he said he's, he wants to spend as much as the cap will allow him. Mm. Is there third party deals allowed? Not sure, actually. I'd have to do some homework on that dagger. But it was interesting what you said about the about rugby because you know uh, Kempi and I had uh, Taylor Johnson on to talk about the Super Alpeki teams the other day, mm. and he said you know the way that it's aligning with Super. Being up to it's a six round comp now as opposed to three, they've doubled that. Um, but the way it fits in with the NRLW means that female athletes can play both. You know, and there's a few like we had we had Noel uh, Williams Guthrie on, yep. and she said I've already signed for the Titans for next year, so I'm not not looking to play for the Black Ferns. I'm just going to do my time in Super Rugby Alpec, then move on and play rugby league again. Um, so we talked about that with Taylor Johnson, but mm. she actually said that in. Uh, the Farah Palmer Cup, which is amateur, right? You don't get paid for playing in the in the Farah Palmer mm. Cup. Why Qatar put the hard word on two players? I choose either play league or play union. You can't do both. Mm. And they went, 
all right, we're going to go play league. Yeah. And they lost them both. So <laughs> why would you even do that with the product they've got over in the, in our in RLW? Like yeah. it it is absolutely flying and a lot more players are going to do it. So you're just going to have to accommodate, which really leads us into our next question. It does. Round 3. Funny this, how players who go overseas to play then start talking about this, I think. Uh, but uh, uh, let's get to the question. So Sam Kane is now playing in Japan. He says that the NZR should look at selecting players from overseas. Now, uh, I'm just trying to think who it was at Stuff. Somebody at Stuff has done a list Mark of Hinton. players. It was at Mark Hinton. Yeah, it's a great oh, – no, Paul Cully, sorry. Paul Cully. Yeah, did a great piece on a, a, a 15 – of guys who could play for the All Blacks that Scott Robertson can't select because they're based overseas. Mm. So the question is, who would you change that rule for? Oh. Look, it's, a, it's an interesting question. I know a lot of players and people would love to see it, but then those same people are complaining that the All Blacks aren't playing in Super Rugby. You know, yeah. so... If they're not going to be here playing in our own backyard and we're going to select them from overseas, that is the demise of New Zealand rugby. It'll deplete our strength, and reality is we're going to lose a lot of young players, young players that potentially could play for the All Blacks, not playing for their region, not wearing the black and white hoops. Um, but in so, like you think South Africa do it? Yep. Australia have done it to a degree, Matt Gitto rule. Um, but outside of that, there's no one else. You got England that are picking their own backyard. Yep. And you've got uh the Welsh. France, the Welsh and France that picking their own backyard. Yep. So are we gonna move because of South Africa and they are world champions and they do do it really well, but the reality is the RAN just doesn't stack up for these players to they can make potentially quadruple of what they make at home. Um look I'm I think we still need to relax and, and do a bit more of, of diving into this before we make those those big decisions. Um, if there was one player that would love to see get back out there, I'd say it had to be our team position at the moment. Mm. Um, you got Damien McKenzie uh, that will potentially play ten, um, but outside of that, there's there's really no one else. Um, so you allow Richie Moongo, yeah, Bodie's coming back anyway, but Richie's stated pretty clear and obvious he's going to be over there for a very long time. Yeah, yeah, exactly, mate. So uh, it's an interesting one. I, I do. What do you stand? Where do you stand? Uh, well, if, if I was going to bring any player back at the moment, I, it would be Shannon Frizzell. But mm. um, because I think I don't think we have a six totally. like him, you know. Uh, but on this, I just think we need to be smarter. New Zealand rugby last mm. time, and not just New Zealand rugby. To be fair to them, it's Super Rugby. Didn't do the Japanese thing properly because they went to the Japanese rugby union and not to the teams, not to the Toshibas yeah. and the Panasonics and things. Yeah. Those are the people they need to talk to. Oh, We've yeah. lost South Africa. We need another market that's got... Bring them in, Rick Dog. Sponsorship dollars. Bring in four Japanese teams mm. and then make it that you can play, you can be selected for the All Blacks so long as you play within Super Rugby, but you don't have yeah. to play for a New Zealand team. And then that opens up, takes mm. financial pressure off NZR yeah. and you can select, you know, and it gives players some more options and you can select if you're playing in Japan or playing in Aussie as well. Totally agree. Tokyo, I've been screaming for Japan to be a part of it, but it's whether they want to disrupt their, their league at the moment. Top League's probably up there, arguably, with the best leagues around in, in the world. Um, but that would be absolutely vital for them to come in. It'll just strengthen Super Rugby and, you know, allow us. But the, look, there's a quick question before we shoot off. 
Brody Metallic went over to the Kobe Steelers mm. a while back, and then he came back. Do you, it took him a wee while to find his feet. Well, so remember TJ and Bowden, mm. they both had TJ, the same thing. Bowden, like, players leave, and these players, I heard Sam Kane saying that the transition back into the All Blacks wouldn't be difficult. I think it is difficult. Mm. It's a total different game there. Like, you don't have the physicality you get in at World Cups. You have a fast-paced game. You have little Japanese players that can grass cut you at your ankles and take you out. It is a different game. Yeah, and it, you, I reckon Brody Vitalik probably, towards the World Cup, got back to his very best, but it took him a few years. It did. It took, it took a while. Uh, so we're keen to hear from you on that as well. Double eight, double three. You're on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this summer. It is 629-8833 is the Tampa Bedpost text machine. Uh, we are doing the SENZ roll call and lots of people saying, G'day mate, Izzy, my Nizzy is back, bloody legend from Jimmy. Uh, so uh, morning Jeez, boys, Jimmy. welcome back Izzy. Is there still going to be a Kempe's kicker or a Rick's rocker going? That's from Mark. You have to wait, Marky Mark. Mark wants to get paid. <laughs> wants to get paid. Uh, listening to the team on the radio up in Whangarei. Your stories are on, Dagger. I got one, a good one for you. I remember when Central stacked their team in Division 3 final against OBM and Izzy played. Stepped my old man a couple of times and then my old man smashed you with the biggest tackle I've ever seen. <laughs> up the bay. <laughs> when was that? I can't even remember that. Oh, probably. Prob- yeah, <laughs> probably gave right. me an elbow in the, in the night. Eyes too. Man, I used to love club rugby. Eh? You go back and play club rugby. Yeah. And then you'd pass the ball, and then three seconds later, you just tense up, and then boof, you can lay hit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every time. Gonna so, get him. Gonna get him. Yeah. Uh, morning, team. Listening via the app in the cow shed in Taranaki. That is from Paul and Harwood. Keep your thoughts coming through for the SCNZ roll call. We'll do more of that shortly. Let's get away to Araha now for news with Kubota. Kubota's in stock catalogue is out now. Flight Centre's Big Red Sale is on with limited time offers on flights, cruises, holidays, tours. Book now to save big. Let's have a look at some sports news headlines. The Breakers have got their season back on track with a big win over the Adelaide 36ers in Christchurch last night. They were second to last in the table before this game with a 3-7 and seven record. Blew, uh, mate, they flew out of the blocks last night. I don't know if you saw any of this. End of the first quarter, they led 37-17. Absolutely wow. smoked them. By half-time, uh, they, led, they led by 12. What's Modi been up to? Well, Modi got ejected at halftime. He he, he, he pointed to the scoreboard and they had the fouls up there. Breakers have been called for fouls 17 times, Adelaide 6. And he made made some uh, reasonably incisive (laughs) comments about that to the referee and got ejected. So he he had to spend the second half in the locker room. But they they still got up, mate. So that was a a good win uh, for the Breakers. And they head to uh, Melbourne this weekend to play uh, the South East Melbourne Phoenix. Uh, Sticking with basketball... Not such a great story, but police in Newport Beach, California, conducting an active investigation involving allegations that Oklahoma City Thunder and Boomers guard Josh Giddy was involved in an improper relationship with an underage girl. Mate, that is absolutely big. I, I even read about that in Australia and found time for it. That is crazy. He is, he, I think he's still in his rookie year. Yeah. He's online to sign a $300 million deal. For the NBA, and this has cast a huge, huge um, bit of light over this, over his career, isn't it? Like, massive. they don't take that lightly over there. No, 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 mate. No it's, chance. It's, it's massive. Um, the allegations apparently surfaced on social media. Uh, an anonymous user said a girl who was seen with Gideon videos and photographs was a high school junior at the time, 
and uh, the social media account has since been deactivated. Newport Police Department is aware of information being circulated online involving an alleged relationship between a professional basketball player, Josh Giddy, and a female minor, the statement read. The Newport Beach Police Department is actively seeking additional information related to these allegations and pursuing all leads and evidence to obtain facts of the case. Absolute nightmare. It doesn't get better for him. His... um, uh, his agent, uh, who's actually a pretty big uh, big deal agent, has uh, just been suspended by his, uh, the agency he works for as well for uh, for blasting out some Black Lives Matters guys and and stuff over on social media. So yeah, not getting any better, mate. Not getting any better. Uh, a major blow though uh, is to be interesting to get your take on this for the uh, All Black Sevens team head of the Sevens series opener in Dubai this weekend. Veteran Sam Dixon. It's been ruled out uh, with an injury. He's done a hammy, and so he is Gomberger. Won't play in Dubai or in Cape Town. He's been replaced by Brady Rush. Mm. Huge loss, obviously, experience-wise, but Brady Rush, big talent. Very, very good player. Um, so I think he'll step into that role. The thing that Sam Dixon does extremely well, he's very good in the air. So he takes a lot of the air their high balls off the kickoffs. He chases the kickoffs and, and relatively gets it back a lot of time. Brady Rush, Rush is a tall man, but he's very explosive and quick. He's got his dad's um, genetics in terms of mobility. So um, loss from experience, but another opportunity for Brady Rush. Uh, if you remember last year, I think it was Hamilton, um, had a chance to win it in the last nine minutes. Just missed out, but he's had some good moments in the jersey. So. Yeah, I think you'll be all right. You reckon how do you reckon we'll place the Black Ferns and the and the All Black Sevens to to go to Paris, get gold, win the Sevens uh, uh, circuit again? Uh I, I would definitely a chance for sure. But it's just the Olympics, eh? It's different because a lot of these big name players teams bring them in for this gold medal because the gold medal's the top echelon of of rugby sevens. Mm. You know, you go there, you win a gold medal, you're Olympian, Olympian gold medalist. So. Um, but I think we've got a good chance, particularly the um, Blackburn Sevens. Yeah, I, I think they're they're really good. Yeah, they're, I mean, I was reading was it since in ten years since we've had uh, the the World Series of Sevens uh, on in the women's side, they've won seven of ten. Mm. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. they 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 have to go in and be um, be really competitive. You say they'll be dead sets favourites. Them in Australia. It always seems to be the way. I, I don't yeah. know if you caught this because you're an Aussie and I know that uh, that you might not have caught all the rugby news, but Anton Dupont has uh, pulled out of the Six Nations because he wants to qualify for the Sevens team to play in Paris. I did read that headline. Um, I did see that. Uh, and that's that's it in a nutshell, isn't it? Yep. Like, that's just how important this this gold medal is. People see it as you know, high on, the, on their list of achievements and a lot of our players have tried to do it. You know, you think Sonny Bill tried to go chase it and they obviously missed out. So, yeah, it'll be huge loss for France. But a great game for, for Anton Dupont in the game of sevens, mate. Because sevens in men's game, they're pretty competitive. They always come in in some tournaments and, and shock a few. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about this. Is Anton Dupont, like, he's a great halfback, you know, and a great 15s player. Is he the profile of player France need to get them to the next level in sevens? Yeah, uh, mate, you think of Lionel Messi and you think of Cristiano Ronaldo, he is, you know, he's there in terms of rugby in France. So I've, I've never met the bloke. I've spoken to, to players about him. Like, he is the king of France. Everywhere they go, people know him. He is the face of every brand, every company over there. Apparently he drives a Ferrari. 
Oh, rolls around in a Ferrari. Isn't he sponsored them. by them? I think he's sponsored by Ferrari, yeah, so that's why he drives them. So mm. when you're getting sponsored by big brands like that, you are you are everything. So yeah, I think and he'll be good in that game, mate. He's a, he's an absolute little nugget. Goes all day. He's very good at, at running. He's got a great defensive game. Mate, I think uh that'll do wonders for, for French rugby in the sevens. Yeah, do you own a Ferrari? No, mate. I just they just give me a new one every year. You know, I don't need to own one. Oh, Get a new Ferrari every 5,000 kilometres. Here you go. Drive it off the block and go thrashing and give it back. Yeah, away you go. Yeah, I, I used to do that with my Ford Ranger. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that sounds about right. <laughs> I was going to say the closest I've got to that is I, I had a, cu- a couple of mates who have got sponsorships with Harley Davidson. And so oh. they, they get a new bike. I don't know if it's every year or every couple of years, but they get a new, yeah. they basically, they don't own the bike, but they get to ride it for a, couple, a year or so, then they take it back and then they get another, they get the latest model. I think I know those two. Is it those two, Heidi and... Nah. Nah, not those two? Not those two. No, no, no. Do you know the Blind Spot boys, Marcus and uh, those yeah. guys? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So they're, they're all oh. teed up in there, mate. You ever ridden? You ever ride? You a rider? I, no, I've, I've ridden uh, and I broke my foot, so that was the last time. My mm. daughter said, you're not riding a motorbike ever again, Dad. But my... Yes, my, one of my best mates from Hawke's Bay, he's a biking enthusiast, absolutely loves it. His old dad had a fat boy, oh, yeah. uh, Harley, and it was so mad. It's like the Terminator. Yeah. So I used to start that up in the garage and, and take it you know, around the driveway. But uh, he's got a Triumph and uh, Ducati and all those flash bikes that go nuts. Yeah. yeah, sweet, man, sweet. There you go. Those sport news headlines and some motorcycle news for you as well. Hungry Jack's NBL. Uh, watch this season live on Sky Sports. When we come back, Dagger's got some love racing news for us. It's a quarter to seven. Keep your texts rolling through. Double eight, double three. Let us know where you are, what you're doing, and how you're listening to us. It is SENZ at a roll call. Ed has texted through. Morning, Izzy. Three months off the wagon. That's awesome, bro. I'm not drinking until after 10.30 today. I ask Sam Parks, how did he manage to kick one of the best penalty goals in Uawa rugby history against TVC? Ooh, we'll do. Yeah, we'll do, go. Eddie. We'll get that one in, mate. We'll get that one in. Uh, time for a Love Racing update, though. Find a Thoroughbred race day at events.loveracing.nz. Our own Thoroughbred is back, so let's throw to him, Israel Dag. New Zealand bred enters Hong Kong derby calculation. Chil Chibi took another significant step towards the AK $26 million BMW Hong Kong derby. 2000 metre March after Danny Shums, talented young star, overpowered older rivals to win the Class 3 Dunnotter Castle Handicap. 1800 metre at Happy Valley on Wednesday night. With four wins and a narrow second from five starts, Chil Chibi has emerged as a leading contender for the lucrative 2024 four-year-old classic series which features the Hong Kong Classic Mile on February 4th the Hong Kong Classic Cup on um, 3rd of March and the BMW Hong Kong Derby on the 24th of March Shum who tasted BMW Hong Kong Derby success with Romantic Warrior you remember that horse in 2022 confirmed Chil Chibi would continue towards the blue rebrand contest after rote. After the rope gouting fanned to the outside of the 10-horse field and charging from last, approaching the turn to an arrogantly under Jerry Chow. He's a nice horse, and he's getting better and better by the day. Even though he carried top weight, I was still confident he could win the race, Shum said. I can enter him next over 2,000 at Sha Tin or run him in the 1650, 1,650 metre class, class 2 at Happy Valley. After that, 
We'll give him a bit of a break and go straight to the derby. I'll talk to Jerry tomorrow morning and decide which of the one is best for him. And this horse was bred by Hong Kong Breeders Club. Chill Chippy was an $80,000 purchase out of Highview Studs 2021 New Zealand Bloodstock Book 2 Yearling Sale um, sale draft. So there you go. Keep an eye on Chill Chibi as it heads over and it's going to hopefully do some success over in Hong Kong. And just on horses, well there was a big announcement yesterday. The world's best race horse Equinox has been retired to stud after toying with his uh, with his Japan Cup rivals in the ultimate swung song. Equinox ownership group Silk Horse Club announced via their website on Thursday that the four-year-old, a winner of eight of his ten career starts, will stand at Shirai Stallion Station in Abichura, uh, Hokkaido. The son of Kitasan Black retires on the back of six great straight Group 1 wins with the highest ever rating given to a horse in Japan, and that rating is 133. So Equinox is done and deuced. And uh, a very small, short career, but hell, it'll be standing for a hell of a lot at stud. Don't you worry about that. And yes, Mark, it is Kempi's kicker today, and it is your chance to send through your options. Ricardo and myself will pick an option each, and we have $50 for Kempi's kicker that we will chuck in a multi. And I know Kempi, well, his three of his horses from yesterday's six-league multi are still running. Well, today we'll do our very best to get you paid. So send them through on double eight double three. your options for this week. And I haven't watched one horse race while being away, but I did have a wee stab in the dark. I took Imperatriz, a tissue when it won the group one, paying eight bucks. How good was that? I know many of you out there know I'm a fan of a tissue. Get up a tissue. And Mr. Brightside let me down, you horrible, horrible thing. There you go. Got rivet again. So today's my day to get paid. So send them through. Double eight, double three. Kempi's kicker. Let's go, Rick Dahl. All right. Grab your mates. Get on course. Visit events.loveracing.nz. Find a race date near you. It is 10 away from 7. It is five away from seven. Keep your text rolling through double eight, double three. You've got a few to get to shortly, but Hino Trucks, a better class of truck for some rugby chat. Uh, Dagger, can you get your take on this? Owen Farrell announced yesterday that he is not going to play in the Six Nations. He's stepping away from international rugby due to the pressures of the game. And then uh, on the back of that, Mark McCall, who's his coach at Saracens, who this doesn't affect in any way, shape or form because he's still playing for Saracens, yeah has come out and said like basically that him being booed at the World Cup is the reason for this, and he's blamed the media for it. Um, his exact quote uh, is here, All I'm saying is that social media, we have absolutely zero control, but this began as the mainstream media, and it was a narrative created around Owen. Now, forgive me if I'm wrong, but the media's job is to report what happened, and what happened was Owen Farrell kept hitting people in the head with his shoulder yeah. so many times that he got red carded and then got suspended and England Rugby Union tried to cover it up and tried to get him left of a suspension. So this isn't anybody's fault but Owen Farrell's. Yeah, look, you, you live life on the edge, and you got to take the, the, the good side, you got to take the bad side, and the reality is that uh, the way that he plays, he lives life on the edge. You know, defensively, he's a good good defender, but he, he's got that league background, so they, they tend to slip up and tackle around the chest, which can eventuate into to a lot of head collisions. So... Yeah, look, I, from a sport and a former athlete, I feel for him because that's just the reality and pass and parcel of, of professional sport. You're going to cop it 
no matter how good you are or, or where you are in the game, people are always going to have an opinion. But there are certain things you can control. And I think it's the the smugness that he rolls around on the field with, you know. He's got a certain arrogance about the way he carries himself out on the field. And, and just as people in general, we, we just don't really like any sort of arrogance. Um, you know, there's that clip of him at the 2019 World Cup during the Haka when he's got that smirk on his face and, you know, that, that it pans to him and he's just standing there smiling, which is good. You, you're challenging the Haka, but I think it's the way that he carries himself, um, why some people don't like him. You look at him in, in that game in the semi-final against uh, South Africa, and he was just chirping the referee, chirping him. And this is an English captain, and the England captains are allowed to speak, but he was erratic with his speaking. Like, it was aggressive, it wasn't calm, it was, you know, directive. And when people see that, they, they get put off, so... Um, yeah, look, you, you can't have your cake and, and eat it, really. No, yeah, it seems to me like Mark McCall was having a massive cry about something that isn't anybody's fault but, you know, his, his own players. Um, so, yeah, I am, yeah, I'm a little bit shocked, though. Are you suggesting that there's arrogance in English rugby? <laughs> well, it's, it, it isn't you. Um, no. <laughs> but, yeah, look, you never want anyone's... Um, yeah, mentality to be affected. I can speak that on that firmly. Um, but there are certain things you can control. He can control a lot of the the narrative, and I think that's what's what's missing. But uh, look, I hope we don't lose him to the game. He's very important to the game of rugby. Um, and, and this break, you know, I've been injured. I've missed selections. It actually does wonders for you. So you look at it from from that point of view. So he's going to step away and just continue to work on himself and, and maybe his game and come back and be a better player. But yeah. uh, saying that you, you just couldn't handle the pressure, it's probably not ideal from an international footy player because pressure's there all the time. Well, you get You're playing international rugby, test rugby. It's test thing. That's why it's called test footy. You, you get booed every time you played a test in South Africa, wouldn't you? I might not even listen. Yeah. I might not even hear it. Yeah. So if you're hearing it, your mind's not there. Yeah, there you go. Hino Trucks, mm. a better class of truck make your working life easier. Visit Hino.co.nz. Bit of rugby chat. Thanks to Hino. Keep your texts rolling through. We've got a few kicker options uh, to look at. We will do that after Which 7 o'clock. Which one am I stopping? Yeah. stopping? <laughs> <laughs> the, the handbrake is back. Uh, <laughs> coming up after 7, Justin Nelson is going to join us. We're going to talk basketball, the NBL uh, and how they've put this trade window in. Uh, we'll talk breakers with him as well. Giancarlo Italiano from the Phoenix. The coach is what about their game against Western United this weekend. Right now, though, here is Araha with news for Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. Kia ora, welcome into Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Four past seven on your Friday morning, heading into the weekend. It is Tradies Hour with Night and Day. Start your morning with a hell of a coffee from just $4.50 at your local Night and Day. Uh, we do have our $100 Adidas Golf voucher up for grabs. Get away with Adidas Golf. Visit adidas.co.nz. Get away with golf. T's and C's apply. This is Who Am I? Clue number two. I was born in Canada in the 21st century, and I represent Great Britain was born in Canada yeah, in the 21st century, and I represent Great Britain. Yeah, there you go. Is it a bit, of a bit more of a clue? Well, a couple got, got it off straight off the bat. Mm. So I obviously know this person really well. 
Yeah. I'll have to ask that, ask questions about you. Yeah. <laughs> High profile. Double eight, double three. if you do know the answer. And what that $100 voucher from Adidas Golf. Uh, coming up in this hour, Giancarlo Italiano is going to join us. We want your text to continue through for Kempi's kicker as well. And we're going to catch up uh, with Justin Nelson. Now to talk about the Cells NBL. Good morning to you, Justin. How are you doing? Hey, morning, gentlemen. I'm well, thank you. Now, the Sales NBL has done something unique to professional sport in New Zealand, and that is putting in a trade window, uh, which is going to sit after week seven of the competition. So pretty much at the halfway stage, and and it'll be open for 66 hours. Uh, can you ex- explain uh, to us how this is going to work? Yeah, really unique, and as you said, first time for pro-level sport here in, in New Zealand, essentially after round seven, soon as the, the last game is played and, and prior to the first game being played in, in round eight, it's a 16-round season, so just before the halfway mark, uh, trade window will open up. Teams will be able to uh, have conversations uh, with players and with other teams, and uh, a player must agree to a trade, so we're not just lifting players up and, and sending them from one end of the country to the other. A player needs to agree their contract as a minimum continues or the new team may negotiate a bit of a bump because in a really unique twist, and I haven't seen this before, uh, if you trade a player in, so not if you trade a player out, if you bring a player or players into your team via a trade, so from one team to another, you'll get a, a 6.5% bump in the uh, in the salary cap. So... Teams are literally being incentivized and rewarded yeah. with a bump in the salary cap to go out there and trade for a player. Very, very unique, very clever. Yeah, I was just reading about that. That's very clever, and you could see a lot of teams looking at that option, but knowing as a player that you're not going to have stability in your career, maybe potentially, would that create a bit of anxiety? Would How are the players feeling about this? It's obviously great for the game. Well, I absolutely love it, and, and trades and, and everything like that is all part and parcel of the biggest leagues in the world. But from a player's point of view, are they for it? Are they on board? I think the big thing for a player in this situation, because they need to agree. If they don't agree, they don't go anywhere. Yeah. I, I, think, the, I think the cool thing here is it, it actually gives players choice. And I like that in sport, especially, you know, just on that midway part of a season. Sometimes things may not work out. You may not be playing the position or getting the minutes that you want. There may be another team that needs somebody with your skill sets, an opportunity that opens up. What this does is it actually puts the players in the driver's seat. They have to agree. They have a choice. They may get a better contract out of it. They may get a better future out of it. They have an opportunity to showcase their skills elsewhere. So I think the players are in the driver's seat. Have we, has the NBL been watching James Harden's kind of situation <laughs> over at the 76ers and how much of a chaotic show that has been and potentially that it could go down that area? I think it's chaotic with a capital C, isn't it? Um, <laughs> oh, look, I, you know... Uh, who knows how things will play out and whether New Zealand I think will have its, its, Thank its, its own James Harden. Who knows? But, uh, mm. yeah, there, there, you know, there's certainly some warning signs there as well once we get into this uh, over a few years if you've got players moving from, from team to team every year or the same player. But, you know, right now, new innovation. Mm. Um, the Cells NDL has definitely led the way in this country with, with innovations. Rapid League is coming in. 
in 2024 as well. So we're going to see a lot more basketball. But this trade window is pretty damn exciting. Just on that, you know, so if I'm a if, if I'm a team CEO and I can increase my salary cap by six and a half percent by trading a player in or bringing a player in, can I stack that? Like, can I bring in multiple yeah. players and stack it to like maybe go up to thirteen percent or nineteen and a half percent? Or I, I don't want to do the maths past there. Yeah, you you sound like a GM looking for a loophole now. Um, <laughs> That's no, exactly what I am. <laughs> it's a one-time bump. Uh, you can't be out there just stacking and and and, uh, and loading up. Uh, and not only that, you have to have a roster spot available. Um, you know, you're only allowed to roster so many players. So mm. teams may have to trade a player out in order to open up a roster spot. Maybe a team will start the season with a roster spot open with an eye to this trade window. But it's a one-time bump of 6.5%. I think the other unique thing here is how you spend that bump is up to you. So you might trade a player in, you might trade a player out, you've still got money with this extra 6.5% left in your salary cap. You may recruit a player later in the season for the run to the playoffs. And of course, the Canterbury Rams, who won their first title this year since 1992, had that late season pickup of Corey Webster. That certainly did help them, mate. Um, does, this, does this, though, uh, give more... I guess to the to the owners with deep pockets, like say a Nick Mills versus um, whoever runs the Manawatu two jets, because you can spend more money. You can spend more money if you've got it, but if you don't have it, then you can't do it. Well, I think one of the things that we've seen in recent years with the sales NBL is competitive balance. And, you know, while some teams may have had the deeper pockets in the past, that's certainly not the case now. It is very much a level playing field. There's a nice cap in there that every team has the capacity to meet. And most teams are getting up there and meeting that, again, which is great for the players because we're getting more money coming in uh, into the player pool. So those days are over. 6.5% uh, is certainly not as drastic as what you would think. And I think most teams will be in a position to aim for that. It'll be absolutely no-brainer if every single team doesn't allow this trade to get a 6.5% bump in the salary. I'm sure it's going to go absolutely great guns, mate, and looking forward to seeing what eventuates. Are you able to educate listeners plus myself on this rapid leak coming in, and and what is it? What does it entail? Yeah, rapid leak actually started this year in the Pro Women's League in Toihi, so it has been in place, and now it's coming Mm. into the Men's League uh, next year. It's a, literally an, an additional 110 games being played across the, the national level, which is fantastic uh, for, for players, but also for viewers, because that's 110 more games on, on Sky Sport, which covers the league, of course. Essentially what it is, Rapid League, new innovation, it's a world first, started this year in Tohi, as I said. It's a four-by-four-minute quarter game. So it's really quick. And when you watch it, you can see it in the player's mind that it's quick because they get up and on the floor at pace. It's a four-by-four-minute game that's played before the main game. It's played before the long game, the NBL Tohi game. Uh, So fans can get in there earlier. But the only players who can play Rapid League are the seven players who have been named to come off the bench that night in the next game, in the full game. So coach has to go in, select their starting five for the Cells NBL game. And then prior to that, you've got this quick fire, really rapid, exciting game where the only players who can step on the court are the seven players who aren't announced in the starting five 
in the mm. following game. So very unique, very different, got a real twist to it. Love the fans it. love it because they get to see all the players play, everyone, mm. including those local youngsters coming through. And we've seen the benefits of it in Tohi, rapid development of these players. It's exciting stuff. Yeah, and I suppose the, the main um, benefit here is that all these young players who would other just otherwise just ride the pine and watch a lot of basketball actually get to play some minutes. Well, we see it the world over in basketball. Basketball is one of those unique sports where you've got more players sitting on the sidelines than you have actually out in the middle participating. So, you know, it's great for player retention. It's fantastic for player development, really quick player development at the elite level as well. In Toihi, we saw players play more minutes this year than they probably would have played in three to five years if they didn't get that opportunity. So massive opportunity for those players to play, no doubt. Justin, what about, just going back to your trade window, um, other pro sports, can you see them following this lead? I mean, the, the obvious one for me in our backyard is the Australian NBL. Well, the Australian NBL, uh, ironically, during the break that they just had, uh, they picked up that New Zealand was about to do this and they started throwing out some hypotheticals. You know, should the Aussie NBL do it? And if so, who would you trade? So they've certainly picked up straight away that the Kiwis have been the first to, to innovate yet again. Uh, here I am as an Aussie just getting slapped around the face with the, with the Kiwis <laughs> innovating first and foremost. So, look, I, I think that now that they're going to see it unfold in New Zealand, uh, and again, it's a unique system where the players have to agree. Uh, I think there's every chance we're going to see a lot more of it. But, you know, even here in New Zealand, you know, gee, Super Rugby, imagine if you brought in mid-season trades into Super Rugby. I'd be all for it. It's a great innovation. Uh, again, as I said, basketball leading the way. And I think it's a bit of a, bit of a sign there to other sports that this is the stuff that fans want. Definitely. I think... Um... When I first started playing rugby, there was a draft for Super Rugby. They could, can they could control twenty three players and then the rest go on the draft, and that's how I made it down into uh, the South Island region. Um, and people have been crying out for it. I think um, NBL doing a fantastic job leading the way here, and I'm sure other sports and entities will follow suit. It will be remiss of me not to talk about my Bay Hawks and uh, what's going on there in the Hawks Bay. Everard Bartlett is obviously. St- been stepped down as head coach. Has there been any yeah. news, any adjustments there? And obviously they've got a new chairman as uh, Keith Price stands down as uh, as the board chairman. It's a bit of a bit of a debacle yeah. there in the Bay Hawks. Well, definitely some changes, but with change comes opportunity in sport. Yeah. And and Jared Kenny, who's in the twilight of his career, and what a career he's had, by the way. Yeah, um, has also stepped into to the GM position and. I've been dealing with, with JK on, on a few different things over the last uh, 12 months. And look, he, he's going to be, he already is, but I think he's going to be an exceptional general manager, very level-headed. Um, hard decisions need to be made in sport at times. And I'm certainly not saying that the decision on Everard was, was right or wrong, but yeah. uh, they know the direction they're going in. They've got a plan. They've got a vision. We'll see it unfold. What I do know is that the Hawks are the only team, the only one of the 11 teams that haven't got a coach named for next season yet. So they definitely need to get on the bike uh, because free agency's opened. You know, you need to start recruiting. So they need to get on the bike with that. Uh, And from all reports, two of their local stars from the last couple of years, Daron Rakawa and also Ethan Rusbatch, both on the move from what we're hearing. So it's definitely going to be a different-looking oh. Hawks team. 
Thanks, Very, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it, mate. Sounds like uh, yeah, it's, it's all changed in the Hawks Bay. Hey, uh, Justin, uh, last night the uh, the Breakers got a win, a, a real win this season. I think they're fourth from 11 um, over the 36ers. Did it in style, though, I thought. Uh, it was a, like that 20-point lead at the first quarter and then uh, 12 points at the half. Uh, pretty dominant over the 36ers. What would you make of it? Yeah, and I don't, I don't know where the 36ers are at, but you can only beat what's put in front of you, and they did that. You know, still a couple of key players out, Will McDowell-White and, and, and Cheatham as well, uh, who shouldn't be too far away, on Cheatham. But, yeah, 37-point opening quarter, best opening quarter of the season in the Aussie NBL, and you get 20 up after 10. It's pretty hard to chase that down. They got home by 13. Uh, they now move on, fly out today and head to Melbourne to take on Southeast Melbourne tomorrow night. The big story out of this game is going to be Coach uh, Modi Mel, who was uh, double T, teched up at half time. So literally walking off the court at half time, he was fed up with the officials, uh, started having a confrontation with them, uh, double technical. That's it, out for the game. Did not come back out after half time. Now, this comes days, literally days after the CEO of the Aussie NBL came out publicly and said, that's it, I've had enough. The abusive officials in this league can't carry on, zero tolerance. So do not be surprised if uh, if the Breakers coach is going to be made an example of here. I will not be surprised at all, given what the CEO of the ANBL came out and said this week. It's going to be fascinating to watch how this unfolds. Well, yeah, it's an interesting one. I don't know what Modi said, uh, because it probably wasn't safe for TV, but um, he did point at the board, and the Breakers had uh, been uh, fouled seven, or had given up 17 fouls versus six, so it did look like it was very lopsided officiating. I mean, has he got a, has he got a point? Well, I think this is one of the misnomers in, in basketball, and I'm certainly not saying in last night's case that he didn't have a point, but there are teams that go out who foul more than other teams. Just because there's more fouls on the scoreboard than there is against your opposition doesn't always mean that it's a discrepancy and you're being hard done by. Sometimes your team fouls more than the opposition team fouls. Sometimes teams are better defenders than other teams. Now, I'm not saying that's the case last night. Sort of like the Crusaders. He, yeah. <laughs> Shut right. up. Don't um, start. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly think, uh, based on what I saw last night, he, he probably had a question or two to ask. I'm not saying that was the case last night. However, it's about the way you go about asking the question. And again, the NBL has come out this, uh, this week and been really, really forceful on saying enough's enough, no more, zero tolerance. So how they treat this situation, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be very interesting. Mm, it will be. All right, Justin, thanks very much for coming on this morning, mate. Really thanks, appreciate Justin. your time. Go well and uh, enjoy your ball this weekend, eh? Hey, cheers, guys. Thank you. Cheers. Uh, 19 past uh, seven. Yeah, I mean, he, he, I guess he's put that into some sort of perspective because, I mean, and, and I'm not having a crack here, is he? But, I mean, there were games, was it last season, probably season before as well, I remember it being talked about that the Crusaders needed to improve their discipline because, you know, they'd conceded like 18 penalties versus yeah. nine or whatever it was, and that was yeah. certainly a talking point. But they went ugly. Yeah. They they do they they find a way but you did right like they make it difficult for themselves. There's a lot of the things there that they can control and there's a lot of uh, certain things that probably can be justified and probably refereed officiated in a, in a different way. But uh, mate, it's it's the reality of sport and when you have success, people will probably 
referee officiate you more thoroughly because the opposition leading up to that game will paint a picture to these referees. This is what the Crusaders are doing. This is how they defend. This is where they disrupt. Like, that's coaching 101. Go to the referees with clips. Show them clips of, of Crusaders being offside at the ruck. You know, what they're doing, lying all over the ball. And the referee will instill that in their mind and, and look for it. So, with the breakers' success last year... You know, just missing out on, on the championship, nearly going all the way. Teams would have seen that, and teams will potentially be painting pictures to these referees, saying this is how the breakers defended. They are physical. They're up in your face. They get a bit too close. So re- when referees are hearing that, they'll probably look at it a little bit more. It's like referees in world rugby. They get told to officiate the high ball or or the. Um, you know, certain things in, in an area, and that's what the referees will look at constantly. And if you don't adjust and adapt, then you're going to get pinged off the park. So I think it's the same for the breakers. Whatever that area is of concern, they need to look at it and make changes. Otherwise, it's going to continue on. And the Crusaders, they find a way. They are very lucky, but they will adapt and adjust to a referee's needs. It is 7.22 here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Uh, you keep your texts rolling through double eight double three for Kempi's kicker. We'll get to some of those next. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this summer. At 7.27, warm up this morning with a hell of a coffee, starting at $4.50 at your local night and day. Empty LPG gas bottle, vectorongas.co.nz. Let's find out what's cooking this weekend around the sports ground. What are you most looking forward to this weekend? Is- Wouldn't even have a clue. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> oh, spoken like a man back from holiday. Uh, superb, superb. Um, Mate, I'm not allowed to watch TV at home. It's all bloody kids' YouTube. Dora oh, the Explorer. Man. Yeah, you're away, mate. You're away. Well, there's, there is plenty on. The uh, the Wellington Phoenix men's team play Western United over in Melbourne. Also over in Melbourne, the South East Melbourne Phoenix hosts the Breakers. Both those games are on Saturday, so there's that to look forward to. There's Phoenix more. are going pretty good, eh? Yeah, Phoenix are going yeah, great, mate. They're, they're doing real well. It's the best start they've ever had yep. uh, in their history, 11 points after awesome. five games. So, uh, Chiefy, the new coach, doing real well. We've got lots of NBA, got lots of NFL, of course, as well. A big UFC card. Uh, unfortunately, no Dan Hooker in it, mate. I don't know if you heard this news, but he was supposed to be fighting yeah, this weekend and yeah, in Austin against Bobby Green, but it's going to be Jalen Turner taking on Bobby Green now. This will be a good fight. That will be an outstanding fight because Jalen Turner is a good fight, and that Green, he goes real good. Um I'm not going to look forward to that. I'll, I'll give, I've got one for you. Yeah. I'm going to wa- I'm going to be watching the Australian Open in golf. Oh yes. Because yeah. I played with a young kid at the Christchurch Clearwater Charles Tour, mm-hmm. Zach Swanick. Yeah. Well, Zach Swanick shot five under yesterday. He's tied for ninth. He's wow. an amateur. He's only eighteen. He's from Hawkes Bay, and he is a very very good young golfer. And I got to have a hit with him, and he's a relaxed kid. No, he just nothing bothers him, but he can whack a ball, and he should have shot six under. He started um, birdie birdie eagle, <laughs> and then he dropped a shot on tenth, and then he went two straight, and then he bogeyed eighteen. So I'm going to be watching this young kid because he has been touted as the next best thing from New Zealand, and New Zealand golf is flying at the moment. So if Ooh. I'm going to watch anything, Australian Open golf. We've got plenty over there. We had Marcus Wheelhouse on yesterday. Talking about it, and there's so many young guys coming through, like Sam Jones as well. I don't know if you've followed him. Yeah, just qualified for the DP World Tour. Yeah, young Sam got Jones from Taranaki, left-hander. 
Um, yeah, man. We've got some good golfers. Yeah, some very good golfers coming through. So, yeah, plenty uh, to get your teeth stuck into over the weekend around the grounds. Plus, of course, the Black Caps up against Bangladesh and more forward trophy cricket happening as well, Izzy. And uh, hey, just on this, we talked about this the other day, but just how tough. I know you you played with them for a long time and you've talked about how tough Richie McCaw is, but Gemma put some stuff up on Instagram the other day. <laughs> I saw that, yeah. Right? So he's done this five bloody mountain mountain bike thing and he came off at some point and his, his whole back looks like a giant scab mm. um, and she's treated that and reckons he's got a, a broken rib. Well the day after that, because somebody said to us, oh Brian. Yeah he's playing us, golf with Cameron Smith. Yeah, yeah he's like <laughs> oh, but, but Brian just went, oh he he, uh, he jumped on a plane and went and played golf the next day but he didn't oh, say that, it was with Cameron Smith at the Pro-Am. <laughs> <laughs> that's living mate, that's, that's Richie McCall a la Mr God himself he does Awesome things, you know. But well, what is it with these loose forwards for the All Blacks? Kieran Reid has just signed up to do some ultra thing, 85-kilometre run. Oh, you know, horrible. the forwards, they go, um, I don't know if this is the right thing to say, but really, really skinny, it's actually sick. Uh, whereas outside <laughs> backs and backs, we go the other way and we put on a lot of weight. It's funny. You watch it. Yeah. Forwards go skinny, backs go boo. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that, <laughs> and I'm not even a crack here, but I, I've got to say that, like, I didn't know much about Steve Hansen's footy career, but assumed he was a proper hooker. Oh. And then, you know, just because of his build, he's a big bloke. Um, <laughs> he was a 12, man. He was a 12, yeah, I found that out later. I was like, oh, whoops. Oh. Oh, lucky I didn't do any interviews with Steve Hansen asking about his front row expertise. Jeez, can you imagine? He's a 12, man. And I'll tell the story. Yeah. It's the funniest story. Steve Hansen comes over. We're, we're doing highball. Corey Jane, you know, probably the best in the world of highball. Steve Hansen comes over and he goes, CJ, CJ, get your knee up. Get your knee up. And, and you know, jump like this. And we're all pissing ourselves laughing. And then he walks off. He goes, man, I'd love to see you jump. Get up and get that ball. <laughs> Steve Hansen coming and telling the best highball catcher in the world to get off, his, get off the ground and get his knee up. Oh, so funny. Oh, so good. Don't get caught out with an empty LPG gas bottle this summer. Visit vectorongas.co.nz. Here's Araha with news for Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. Four, uh, four away. God, my mass is terrible. 26 away from eight. I was looking at 34 and going to say it's four away from eight. <sighs> All over the show. All over the show, is he? Oh, oh, mate, I need I need a holiday. I need a holiday. <laughs> uh, Kennard's Hire makes your job easy. Kennard's.co.nz. Uh, here are some sports news headlines for you. In uh, a major blow, the All Black Sevens uh, have lost Sam Dixon ahead of Dubai this weekend. He's done a hammy. He won't play. Uh, in Dubai or Cape Town, uh, Brady Rush has replaced him. Uh, in historic cricket news, Uganda have qualified for the ICC World Cup for the first time. The 20 teams, which is the most ever, have now been finalised for the T20 World Cup in 2024, which is going to be hosted by the USA and the West Indies. Uganda, they beat Rwanda by nine wickets to finish equal top of the qualifying. It'll be their first ever appearance in the co- uh, Namibia also their team who missed out Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe missed out in that qualifying. Wow. Uh, so here's a list of teams, mate. How's this? This is starting to look like an actual World Cup. Is who's qualified Afghanistan, Australia, Bangladesh, Canada, England, India, Ireland, Namibia, Nepal, Netherlands, New Zealand, Oman, Pakistan, Papua New Guinea, Scotland, South Africa, Sri Lanka, Uganda, USA, and the West Indies. USA. Corey Anderson's playing for them. Papua New Guinea? Yeah. 
Deepak Patel, I think, is coaching them, or he was. Awesome, mate. Yeah, so yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. It's oh, I'd love to see these uh, lesser known teams see how they they eventuate. Like you got to think, United States will be a huge threat in terms of cricket. Like that league that they've got going over there, all the best players go and play it, and it's just gaining a lot of traction. So. Mate, they're starting to make gains in, in terms of sevens when they get representation on the world stage. Start. It's only a matter of time until they compete and start knocking on the door bigger teams. Yeah, be dark horses, mate. Be dark horses. Mm. And here's one for you, Izzy. This is, uh, I think, Araha's probably already ordered this because she's a big Formula One fan, but uh, maybe this is a, a fundraiser you could look at in the future. Okay. Uh, yep. F1 driver Valtteri Bottas has raised $150,000 US for men's health charity Movember after a bot ass. 2024 calendar featuring photographs of him burying his backside sped off the shelves. Uh, yeah, yeah, Araha's just yahooing out the front there. Uh, an initial run of 10,000 uh, going for five euros each uh, for prostate cancer research sold swiftly, sold out more than they uh, printed. Thanks so much for the support in November donations and the calendars. We raised a substantial amount of money for November. That is from both us. We said on social media. What do you reckon? Awesome. It's it's cool, man. Like there's some awesome initiatives that have been done throughout this month, well the month of November while I was away, and I saw a little bit on social media, um, and. That's great. Like, good to see Gumboot Friday getting six million a year. Yeah. In terms of support from the government, like, oh, I really appreciate people that that put themselves in areas and situations where it's going to be tough. They're going to have to dig deep, but knowing what other people are having to go through to raise money for awareness and and potential help, that's awesome. Um, are you trying to ask me to do something? Well, I was just saying, I'm just throwing it out. There's an idea, mate. Especially Look, you got the rigging shape, you know. Uh, <laughs> Look, I, I I went for a run over in Australia, and mm. I ran I ran five hundred meters, but my knee was still quite sore. I just need to get some strength in my in my quads. But look, I'll do something one day because when you get start getting active again and knowing what it does for your mentality, it's there's just no better drug than moving and. and Getting a bit of normality back to your life, so one day I'll do something for sure. All right, uh, choices flooring pole. What are you most looking forward to this weekend? We all want to know from you. Dubai Sevens, Aussie Golf Open, WB, uh, WBBL final featuring Mili Kerr, Miyamoto defending her title in Whangarei, and a whole bunch of others. Head to the SEN app, hit Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, and vote on that poll. Discover your signature style and enjoy a virtual design experience with Choices Flooring Room View. Up next, Giancarlo Italiano. SENZ, Izzy and Kempe for breakfast and uh, joining us uh, from the Wellington Phoenix is the man they call Chiefy Giancarlo Italiano, the new boss of the Wellington Phoenix this season and I've got to say, uh, Chiefy, uh, you can't have asked for a better start, can you? Sitting uh, second in the table with a record amount of points for the club uh, this far into the season? No, uh, very happy with the start. Um, more happy with uh, how the team is performing uh, overall on a week-to-week uh, basis uh, with respects to um, uh, our football identity, what we wanted to execute this year. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really um, I'm really happy with um, how things are going. Can you talk us through how your team is different to Ufuk's team? Because I remember talking at the end of last season and it was very much a case, well, you're just going to have to wait and see. But, I mean... I can see it looking at the field and seeing how you're playing, but can you talk to me about or tell us a little bit about how you go through that process with the team and what it was that you had to talk to them about changing? Yeah, I think the the most important thing is is that 
both uh, our football philosophies are, are very similar. It's just that our starting point and the way we we get to the end result um, uh, is, is different. You know, like there's a change in formation, there's a change of mentality in defending as well. Instead of looking at it as maybe uh, a part that we don't enjoy, that I've, I've kind of turned it um, into uh, essentially is an aspect that we, we actually look forward to doing. Um, and that just, you know, that works on mindset and also just showing that um, what the reward is if the focus is in the right areas. Um, in terms of the attacking and the, and the build-up, you know, uh, the formation gives it a different um, a different set of issues for the for the opposition. So I feel like until teams start working us out, which they will, which will inevitably happen in the second round, we we have a bit of an advantage for now. Well, I was going to say, one of the things that you've had to deal with already is the loss of Oscar Zavada with a groin injury. Uh, we saw uh, you, you have to play without uh, without him against Melbourne City on the weekend, another probably two or three games without him. How did you have to pivot there? Well, the, the thing is, is, a lot of the boys are understanding of what, what the system is and what it requires. For me, the real test is whoever jumps into that spot, if he understands um, the, the playing style, then it's it's easier to execute. So I thought David Ball, when he came into the nine against Melbourne City, um, you know, he did exceptionally well. I thought he actually gave us uh, a point of difference to, to what um, Oscar does uh, because he's more of a more of a pocket player, can play in that space, whereas Oz is a, maybe more of a traditional nine. So I was really happy. Um, I was happy that, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a massive difference to how we usually play, um, and it, it, it bodes well because that means that you know if, uh, if we lose important players, that the next person hopefully is ready to, to take that responsibility. Yeah, it almost uh, in a way, Bally um, probably looks a little bit quicker than uh, Roberto Firmino, but, but sort of played that role that Firmino <laughs> used to play at Liverpool, right? He, he kind of drops back into that pocket and allows the the wide players to go past him. Yeah, well, he. The, the role of the nine in the Melbourne uh, City game specifically was to basically work the space that the, um, the sixes vacated when they press. So, you know, that takes a bit of football intelligence in order to, to work out where, where those spaces are. So, Borley actually did quite well and he found, found himself sometimes in wider areas where, where that space uh, uh, opened up. And then, you know, Costa and, uh, and Boshadar just basically filled uh, the other space. So, um, no, I was, I, was, I was very happy with um, actually the, the way the front three worked with the fullbacks there. I thought it could work quite well for, for a large part of the game. And another player I think we need to talk about is Alex Paulson. Uh, he's grabbed that number one jersey with both hands. Doesn't seem like he's going to let it go anytime soon, uh, Chiefy. I mean, when, when you brought Jack Duncan in, I looked at that and I thought, well, he's an experienced keeper with plenty of experience, you know, with 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 plenty of time in this league. Um, how tight yeah. was that call for game one as to which option you went with? Well, up until the week before uh, the first round, it was... It, it, I, I can honestly say it was 51, 49%, you know, uh, leaning towards uh, Alex because uh, um, Jack had also a very good preseason. Um, I think the one big thing that uh, Alex demonstrated throughout training for the two and a half months preseason was his ability to, to build up and, 
and um, and to be essentially an extra player for us. So I think that with the fact that he's young and, and you know he's, he's wanting to prove himself, and and you know uh, also last year he you know he he was understudy to to a good goalkeeper. I think he just had that right mix of hunger and ability that I felt we could use. And I think you know he's he's done well in the first five rounds, and and I think. You know, there's something there to build on with him. I, I just, um, my biggest fear with with anyone, especially in A League, young players, they um, they kind of get their tyres pumped a little bit too quickly. Um, you know, and uh, it's a matter of just keeping them grounded. But uh, for me, uh, Alex is is, is very level headed, so I, I don't have that fear with him at the moment. It's just that that's my job and the coaching staff to make sure that you know we keep him grounded and just build on what he's doing with Philippe. One of the things I really loved watching that game on Saturday was the penalty save that he made, which was a fantastic save, was celebrated mm. almost like you would score a goal. Like, you know, the, the goal celebration, the penalty save were almost celebrated the same. Yeah, well, the, the thing is, is that we're fairly, um, we're very, fairly close in the group that um, we all rely on each other. Um, we're not biggest of squads and you know we rely on a lot of young players as well so the the focus is making sure that we all understand that um that we're all we're all in this together and and that essentially it's the team first no individuals um so i think there's a collective spirit within the group so everyone enjoys all the successes and they share um you know um the downtimes as well so i think it, it, it bodes well i think um you know that's the environment we're trying to create here with the staff you got Western United away this weekend, uh, Chiefy, and I, I don't know if I'm. Um, it, it's just been the games that I've, I've seen and how they've played out, but the Phoenix, the way you set up away from home, looks quite different to how you set up at home. And I, I just look at the stats, you know, in terms of possession and, and shots taken away at West Sydney and away at Victory versus what we've seen at home. Is is that accurate? Um, look. You also have to put into context who we've played away. Uh, we've played Melbourne Victory and West Sydney Wanderers, who have also not lost in the season so far. So they've been formidable um, opponents, hard teams to play away from home and defend quite well. Um, West United won't be any different. We don't we don't set up um, contrary to to what's been said. We don't go away from home thinking we're just going to smash a point and. You know, we're happy to close games out early because it doesn't work that easy, you know, because then everyone else will be doing the same thing. Mm. It's more about the fact that in order to play the football that uh, we want to play, it's, it's harder when you travel. Um, it, it takes the toll. Not only do you have the three-and-a-half-hour flight and the two-and-a-half hours in transit, you know, plus on top of that, the travel, you know, for going to hotels and, and getting acclimatised for the two-hour differential. Um you know, you have another day where you have to also deal with um, the weather. So on both of those games, we played in almost close to 30-degree heat. So that takes a lot of energy out of the players' legs in terms of wanting to play an attacking style. And um, we've been quite thin on the bench in terms of, like, the amount of conditioning players have had in their legs. So um, taking all that, you know, on board, it's just more of, I think, as well, a, a mental thing when they travel away. Um so now we, we have a game against Western where we have to travel an hour and a half um, from the hotel to the game prior. So that's not ideal. So, um, you know, sometimes I think we uh, use caution when they're playing through. And then, um, you know, once they build a bit of maturity and, and get used to 
the way we're going to play and, and the travel, then I think you'll start seeing more positive results away from home. Well, I can tell you, just looking at Melbourne weather for Saturday, 18 degrees and showers, so uh, more like New Zealand than it is Australia. Yeah, yeah, which is great. Yeah, it's, it's perfect upper, upper hot weather. <laughs> yeah, yeah, love that, mate, love that. Now, yeah, we're West yeah. in the bottom of the league at the moment, one win from five, uh, but we are only five yeah. games in. How much can you take uh, from what you've seen of their form so far? Actually, quite dangerous, especially from an uh, individual perspective. I, I, I like the team. I like uh, a lot of their players. Um, you know, I, I remember we were in the same scenario last year, uh, round six, and we were two 0 up, and we ended up losing the game three two. So I don't take them lightly. Uh, they have an experienced coach, which I know Lucy. You know, he's won a championship, um, and I, and I think look, it's dangerous for us going into this game because essentially we have the target on our head. They'll probably come out in the first fifteen twenty trying to of any, um, um, you know, any advantage that we have. And then once we settle into the game, um, and as long as we don't concede uh, early, and even if we do, I, I think um, if we can wear them down, I think uh, it, that, that's gonna, it's really going to come down to maybe one or two clinical moments. But, but they've got a lot of pace up front with Lockie Wells, which is quite dangerous. Um, even Bodich, I think, will come back. He's a clinical striker. Um, so it'll be uh, it'll be a good game. Yeah, looking forward to it, mate. Hey, listen, uh, best of luck for the game. Travel safe, mate, and uh, hopefully you come home with three points, eh? Yeah, thank you very much. It's Tradies Hour. Start your morning with a hell of a coffee from night and day from just $4.50. And as he just had this text come through from Michael Holdsworth, interesting, the Wellington Lions leaving Sky mm. Stadium. All their home matches next year for the Lions and the Pride are going to be at Jerry Collins Stadium in Porirua. Yeah, great, great move. That's awesome. I reckon a lot of NPC sides should be doing it. Now, we saw glimpses from North Harbour uh, when they had to move to uh, the alternative stadium. It was packed out. The Christchurch Canterbury team went to Rangiora. That was packed out. Like They need to do it. Uh, it's just, just, yeah, part and parcel. Need to move. Need to move. No, no brainer from a financial point of view. That is for sure. Uh, we, we're going to be talking a bit of rugby and a little bit of kickboxing in the next hour. We'll do that right after Aras's news with Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. Four past eight on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. It is your Friday heading into the weekend. And coming up shortly, we're going to talk to Sam Parks. Also, Paul Mawadi. Uh, sorry, not Paul Mawadi. It's going to be Pip. It's a Friday. I always forget that. Uh, it's Friday. Pip is uh, <laughs> going to come on and talk to us as well. Plus, we've got questions for Izzy, very Australian-centric oh, questions uh, for Izzy uh, coming up this hour. Uh, we've got Who Am I? Uh, your final clue to win a $100 Adidas Golf voucher. Get away with Adidas Golf. Visit adidas.co.nz slash golf. T's and C's apply. At the 2021 US Open, I became the first qualifier in the Open era to win a major singles title, and I hold the Open era record for the fewest majors played before winning a title. Who am I? Double eight, double three. If you know, shall I give the other clues? Is he? You reckon? Yeah, give them other. Yeah. yeah, I'll give. They give, need it. They, I needed one. You, oh, mate, you, you're just on because you, your mind is a temple like your body now. <laughs> uh, I speak English, Mandarin, and Romanian. That was clue number one. Clue number two was I was born in Canada in the 21st century, but I represent Great Britain. So there you go. Those are the clues. Double eight, double three. If you know the answer, I'd love to hear from you, and uh, we'll make a, a, a draw for that uh, in a little bit.
uh, we'll have a, a winner before uh, nine o'clock. But just so, before you move on, yeah, that song just made me think. I'm watching a new series now, Robbie Williams on Netflix. Oh, is that a Robbie Williams song? Nah, but it just oh. sounded like that. Take that group that he started with. Uh, we started his musical career, but I started watching it last night. He's had a hell of a life, isn't he, Robbie Williams? I think he's 23 years sobriety. Oh wow, and, that long. He's, he's been through everything. And uh, it's a good watch. I've only just started, so I'm going to continue on tonight. I remember the kids are asleep. I remember what uh, reading. Uh, I think it was a, like Mojo magazine or Q magazine, one of those big English like music mags. And they he did a cover, and um, they were kind of those slightly snobbish music mags. So Robbie Williams on the cover was kind of an interesting choice. Uh, but you know the gangster style tattoos with that, mm. that English that old English font they used to have it over their stomachs so to be like you know yeah thugs un- thugs or untouchable or whatever yeah. yeah he did one but it was obviously like stenciled on in that but made to look like a tattoo and he was all gangstered up but it just said pies over his tummy <laughs> <laughs> he's a character he's got he? a great sense of humour great yeah, sense of humour now I know this next bloke has got a great sense of humour because you said to me as earlier in the he's cheeky <laughs> as hell when he was a kid and uh, we're talking. <laughs> The king in the ring champion. I bet you you don't get cheeky as hell right now to Sam Parks. Good morning to you, hell sir. Hell no. <laughs> how's, it, how's it, guys? Izzy, what's happening, bro? Sam Parks, brother. I'm, I'm going good, how? mate. How are you? Look, I was telling a story, yeah. Sammy. I was telling a story uh, before we started the show. I said, look, this is little fella. I used to go to school with his older brother, Ben, and he was in, in the same rugby team. This young kid comes along, Sam Parks, cheeky little fella from up the coast. Uh, you know, gave lip, left, right, and centre. But I didn't know you could back it up, mate. And then I saw your YouTube clips of you kicking people's heads, and I was thinking, holy! <laughs> he got cheeky, and he knew he could walk the talk, mate. How good! How, how are you? No, I'm all good. I'm all good. Well, I was just Friday, you know, waiting day is a little bit tough. I'm actually I'm on a jog at the moment, bro. <laughs> just trying to uh, get a couple of pounds. I've heard stories that through summer you are up bright and early. You're up the Kaiti Hill. You got your weights, uh, weight vest on. You're sweating hard. Like <laughs> you are well and truly yeah, into yeah. your your fighting journey, eh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going good at the moment. It's um, yeah, it's been interesting. You know, I haven't always been into like um, getting into the ring and doing um, fighting that that this particular way. You know, as a kid, I always thought it was always just. Um, Team sports, you know, growing up on the farm, we only went to, really came into, into town to play cricket or rugby. It wasn't until I sort of left school and then realised, oh, you know, individual sports are, are a possibility. So, yeah, started to get into them then, and yeah, here we are now. It's going all right. What was the moment that you thought, okay, I can scrap here, so I'm going to go take it seriously? Um, yeah, I suppose it's not really a good thing, but I, uh, you know, everyone runs into a bit of trouble on the street and that. <laughs> over their lifetime, um, and I was sort of, yeah, a, a little bit into that kind of thing, not not in a bad way, just, you know, just how life goes. And then um, you just yeah. sort of realise, oh, you know, if you really um, want to test yourself um, and take it seriously and get kind of, you know, reputable, then you kind of got to get in the ring, and that's what I um, wanted to do. So I never really wanted to be, um, you know, some sort of an idiot on the street or anything, which I never really was. Mm. But um, I did want to kind of be like, oh, you know, if you really want to test yourself, getting in the ring is, is probably the best best way, you know. So that was that was my mindset behind the whole thing. It's always been about getting in there and trying to um trying to be the best. To be perfectly honest, whether or not that's a little bit of a itch I'm no, trying to scratch it. and deep down or whatever, it's um that's pretty much it. Yeah. 
Yeah, what your combat sport journey, mate? I mean, like you know, I think most Kiwis at some point have have uh, have seen boxing, and that tends to be the first step. What was your first step, or did you go straight into the kickboxing? Um, yeah, I mean, the old man, and that's always been into boxing, and um, he watches that, and I and I certainly watch it. I watch it to a certain extent. There's sort of too many people that um, you can't really watch them all, but. Um, for me, I, but yeah, to answer your question, I kind of did sort of jump into that sort of um, kickboxing MMA realm. Um, the guy was Chuck Liddell that kind of took mm. to, um, my imagination. Um, I didn't even really know what the hell MMA was, but I did know who Chuck Liddell was, and um, he was certainly someone um, that, that uh, just grabbed my attention and captivated me for from the beginning, and he was someone that, yeah, I don't know whether it's the haircut or what, but you sort of heard of him <laughs> first before you realised what he was actually about. So um, it was him, to be perfectly honest. Did you? How many times yeah. you copied that haircut? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm a short back inside sort of a man, you know. Keep it, keep it, keep it pretty plain. Mate, if you meet his old man, he doesn't take a backward step, old Parksy. So, <laughs> mate, I, I heard a few stories of you growing up and testing, you know, that going for the title at, at home and, <laughs> and your, your old dad, your old man having to put you in your place a couple of times, mate. But, uh, mate, <laughs> have you, like, you think of your career, like, you, we're going to talk about rugby soon and, and where that's taking you now, but your fighting career, like, king in the ring last year, champion. Like, did you ever think yeah. that this would eventuate? No, no, I really didn't. I, I watched King in the Ring when I wasn't even really fighting, thinking, bloody hell, that, that would be insane to get in there and fight three times, you know. I don't know if I could mm. ever do that, you know. I yeah. said, I had those sort of thoughts. Um, and then uh, just, well, it's actually interesting, though. Once you got go go on the path and you train and you actually get sort of skilled up, you kind of um, do start believing in yourself and you sort of hit pad and you think, far mm. out, some fella's going to get it here, you know, like <laughs> makes you pretty, makes you feeling quite good here, you know. So yeah. um, those sort of feelings started coming along the pathway. And um, and then, you know, right now I certainly, I know that I, uh, I'm not going to, it's not all guaranteed, but I certainly feel confident in, in my own ability and, and those sort of fears and that have gone. And it's interesting. It's it's quite, quite good for your confidence in that and just mm. everyday life that, yeah, from where you were thinking, bloody hell, I don't know if I want to get in there with these fellas, to now thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm keen, I'm keen. Well, you can do it, mate, because you are reigning champion of the King of the Ring. And when <laughs> I heard that news last year, I was like, man, I'm not surprised after seeing the footage. Yeah, but yeah. people that talk to me, p- people talk to me, sorry, bro, people talk to me about playing test footy out in front of 90,000 people. When I say, look, if you want to really get tested, you get in that ring. You have no teammates. You have no one else but yourself. You're constantly talking to yourself, whereas on the test field, you've got 14 other players you can rely on. Is that what it feels like yeah. when you're in the ring? And can you take us through the moments of being in the ring and potentially in the biggest fight of your career? Yeah, 100%, bro. Like, I don't want to, you know, talk down on any other sports and that, but certainly there's, there's just, like, you're getting punched in the head. Like, you know, there's pain, <laughs> there's guaranteed pain. And you're not even too sure, um, you know, if you're going to come out alive or mm. even if you lose, you know, there's like, it's a little bit ratchet of a feeling to lose, you know, because you've done it all on your own and that. So there's that, there's mm. that ele- element, you know, there's no one else to, to, to blame. So, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, to answer your question, yes, yes, I do think that 
this is the um, mm. the the top of that sort of um, feeling, you know, the whole loneliness and and everything. I actually read Andre Agassi's book, and he compared he compared tennis to boxing, and he kind of was going along the track of saying tennis was a little bit more um, more solo because you can't um, talk to your coaches. But I still I still have to disagree and say that nah, when you're in that ring, man, like it's just you against the other bloke, and you you're guaranteed to get hit in the head, you're guaranteed mm. to be sore. So, yeah, to give you a straight answer, I reckon, yeah, yeah, there, yeah, there is. But um, to be honest, like you had a second part there, like once um, once you um, you, you walk out song sort of turns mm. on, and for me in particular, I put my cowboy hat on, and from then all the worries sort of wash away, and you become a different beast. And I and I cruise in there just to represent. You know, a, a, a switch goes in my mind, and I just go in there, rock and roll, and I'm like, I'm nah, I'm gonna defend, I'm gonna defend Tolaga Bay, I'm gonna defend tied up the East Coast, and I start getting quite amped up, you know. So, that oh, the, awesome, the, the cowboy hat, mate. Are you rolling the gambler like Shane Cameron did? He was from that part of the world, the Mountain Warriors. He, he, he an inspiration for you? Uh, he is actually. He sort of messages me um, the odd time. He's actually quite quite good, eh? But um, probably not. No, nah, I'm not really sort of. That sort of a, um, I'm cut from a different sort of a cloth, you know. We're from the the It's a little bit more, a little bit more. Um, not so much that gambler style um, country <laughs> up there. It's a little bit more um, rough and ready. So yeah, I sort of ro- uh, roll a bit of a yeah. Oh, nah. <laughs> I couldn't really, yeah, I couldn't really get one of the bros to come out and wrap me on or something. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hey, Sam, um, I'm looking at the, the rest of the field. I mean, it, it's a young man's sport, right? There's only, I think, of the of the eight of you, uh, five of you under 23. Um, Arcia Abadi uh, seems like he's going to be there or thereabouts when it comes to the uh, it comes comes to winning this belt, mate. He's probably yeah. one of the toughest, and of course, he's he's got a little bit of extra motivation because of the loss of Chris Martin, his trainer, who's you know well loved in the, in the combat uh, combat sports arena. Uh, is that how you see it? Is he the guy you think you're going to have to beat to yep. win this thing? Hundred percent, yeah. Uh, that's the fellow that I've sort of, um, yeah, put put down as the favourite. Uh, he's mm. um, he's skilled up. He's uh, he's got a lot of um, tricks up his sleeve, and there he's got a you know big arsenal of um, weapons. So yeah, it's just about trusting what I'm what I do and what I'm mm. about and uh, what I've sort of trained for. So yeah, oh, it's going to be an he's the favourite. It's going to be an outstanding watch, Sammy boy. I'm looking forward to seeing you represent the Tairawhiti East Coast region. Let's talk a bit about the East Coast. Uh, obviously, yeah, yeah, you're not yeah. just a one-trick um, man. You know, you've got an arsenal in the rugby field as well, mate, playing halfback. How have you found this season playing for East Coast? Obviously, just falling short against South Canterbury, but uh, you'd be pretty proud of, of your efforts this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was pretty, um, pretty proud of proud efforts to um for the East Coast team this year, you know, like and even like it was great to be able to lead them into into mm. um this campaign and last year's campaign. But um yeah that last little hurdle in the semi final against South Canterbury um but was a bit of a disappointing end. But to be fair, like we were kind of at peace so I certainly was at peace with with the result. Um just because we played our best sort of rugby. We um we went hard, we gave it everything in the first half and then minutes in the second half we were giving it everything so we were up 17-3 and then um, oh, South Canterbury just put their reserves on and um, kind of just ran away with it in the end with their reserves 
which um, credit to them. But like I say, I was, I was kind of at peace with the result because we did do our best and we didn't yeah. kind of um, shy away. You know, we went down there and done our done our um, done our thing in style. And uh, yeah, so it was disappointing. But um, oh, they're a great bunch bunch of lads, and um, mm. I love that love that team and and um, love that whole group. To be fair, so. Um, to do it with them, to go that far with them was was great. But um, yeah, unfortunately, we, we lost it, Demi. We we love supporting you, and forgive me for that uh, cough. I thought I turned my mic off, but I pushed the wrong button. <laughs> hey, um, <laughs> just just on that, talk us through that hacker at the start of that semi final, mate. Were you in there? Were you up in there, girls too, or what? No one, yeah, ain't no was, one's staring um, you down if they know you. <laughs> um, yeah, I was. Oh wow, I was sort of like in the middle for a bit there, and then. Um, we started adva- like advancing, which is sort of normal. We had a little part there where we advanced, and then um, wow, the fellas just kept walking, and I was like, "Oh no!" And sort of, um, no one really knew what we were up to. To be fair, like even we we, we never planned that. We just um, we just started walking, and no one knew what was happening, and f- someone kept walking too far, and then we we're like, "Oh no, we've got to keep going now." And then before we knew it, we were sort of right up close, and then um. I kind of thought, oh, bugger it, I might as well get up the front. So I kind of went from the middle, shot up to the front, and I sort of found a fellow that I'm, I played rugby with down in Nelson, um, Sam Briggs, and I sort of stood next to him, and he, we're kind of, we're sort of mates, so um, it was not too bad. <laughs> he would have known. The ref was, he were, yeah, he, he, he knows what I'm about, but, and I, <laughs> he's a good bugger too. He knows, yeah, he's a good bugger. We're sort of mates from, from a while ago, so. He, that was right. But then the rest starts yelling at me, Sam, Sam, get back, get back. And I was like, oh, mate, I can't do anything here. These fellas aren't going to listen to me, man. Just, just go with it. <laughs> so we just had to stay hard, you know, like, oh, yeah. it was, yeah. We didn't even know what we were up to. So it wasn't um, premeditated or anything. It just sort of happened, eh? And it was, um, I mean, good that the outcome resolved itself and it wasn't, you know, to be oh. too bad, I guess, but. It went yeah. viral. It went viral. It was such yeah, a good yeah, watch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was such a good watch seeing, uh, yeah. seeing the boys go toe and toe. What about you with your career? Like, is fighting number one for you? Is that where you're going to get your next, your full potential? Or are you still keen to chip away at rugby? I know you went up Northland and uh, had a wee crack up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, to be honest, I don't even know what I'm doing. Um, you know, three months' time. You know, I, I took this fight on short notice only four weeks ago, so I don't really know what I'm up to um, <laughs> week by week. But um, no, I, I, I went up north. I, I moved up north because I bought a block of land. I'm, good, I'm building a, um, a log house up there, and I just ended up playing rugby for um, Kiri Kiri Rugby Club. And then uh, Northam sort of asked if I could come and join their um, wider squad, just probably for just a, just a, just to fill a void, I guess. But Mm. Um, so there's not really too much happening up there for that, but no, nah, I don't know. I'm, yeah, I don't really know what I'm up to. I UFC, to, UFC no. keen? Yeah, that wouldn't be too. I'd be keen. I'd be keen if you can jack it up, is he? Yeah, <laughs> manage me. Promote have you have Have you had any um any conversations, any talks with any other fighting clubs? Nah, not really. Eh? Oh, there's um like there's ones in Asia and that that um are always keen to take it. Like you know, there's a one called Soma and. Bali, who um, our club's sort of not affiliated with, but we know that he, he'd coach there and he's always keen. But no, there's nothing really from like CKB haven't reached out or anything like that. So nothing like, yeah. 
Mm. Nothing like that or anything. Yeah, just sort of winging it down here and dizzy. Yeah, there's plenty of uh, plenty of options, mate. The old P1 and then obviously Bellator and things as well. Plus, yeah, like you say, that yeah, one, yeah. one championship I mean, through through Asia. Yeah. So no, there are there are options. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mate. Well, hey, listen, Sam, it's been great talking to you, mate. Um, it's it's been a great yarn. Best of luck uh, defending uh, the belt this weekend. It is the Highpool King of the Ring Super Middleweight Eight Man Event. It is tomorrow night, seven thirty, live on TVNZ Duke. So free to wear. First fight at seven thirty. Go well, Sam. Go well, Sammy boy. Yeah, right behind you, brother. Thanks, guys. All right, catch a break later. See you later. There you go. What an absolute champion, Sam Parks. He's a good boy. He's a very, very good boy and um, a wonderful family. Yeah, Daisy, my wife, went to school with his sister, Caroline, and I went to school with the boys. And uh, his old man, mate, he's a chip off the old block. <laughs> you, you know, you know, Michael, I said, what was he like growing up? Yeah, cheeky as hell, boy. I always put him in his place. Don't worry about that, old Parksy. Uh, mate, wonderful family, and it's good to see him. I'd love to see him have another crack. Yeah. Um, it just shows that, you know, potentially – when you're not in the big smoke, are you going to get that representation? If he wins this, you, you have to say he has to deserve, get another crack somewhere else. Oh, you'd have and to maybe think so. go somewhere where he can you know, go to his full potential. Yeah, what they need to do is they need to bring Dana White's contender series down here. Well, Cowboy Cerrone, mate, he yeah. was Cowboy hat out every time. Well, exactly. So the hat's not a problem. No. I was going to say, maybe trade in the, the Cowboy hat for a Gucci hat and you might get somewhere. <laughs> but, mate, Cowboy Cerrone, he can do it. Uh, looking forward to that. That is my Saturday night, King in the Ring, because my daughter's got a sleepover, so I'll be wanting to lock myself away somewhere. <laughs> It'll uh, be a you, ring in your house, mate. Yeah, however, <laughs> could, could well be. You're listening to Izzy and Kirby for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this summer. It's 28, and uh, yes, SCNZ, where you can catch all coverage of the White Ferns versus Pakistan. The first T20 is this Sunday. Coverage starts at 12.30. Play starts at 1. Commentators are going to be Steve Davey and Warren Lees on that one. Who am I? We have a winner. Jacob, congratulations to you. Didn't get it quite as quickly as Izzy did, who obviously knew it straight off the bat. But the answer... The answer is Emma Raducanu, um, and uh, Izzy, I know you're a bit of a fan, mate. Yeah, Emma Raducanu, I watched that uh, game after our show, I think it was yeah, last last year, or the year before, uh, when she won the US Open, up against another um, wild card too, two youngest players to play in the, in the Open history, and Emma Raducanu gets it done, but she's had a lot of injuries since that, mm. she hasn't had any presence on the tennis circuit at all, um, but a young prospect, talented, that hopefully can get her body sorted and get back to it. Um, yeah, she's she's an awesome young wee lady. Yeah, she goes well, mate. She goes well, all right. Uh, keep your ticks rolling through for the... I follow her for the right reasons, too. Yeah, so obviously. Well, she's a great tennis player when she's fit. Um, <laughs> uh, keep your ticks coming through. Double eight, double three on uh, the kicker. We want the kicker. We want your options for our bet. We're going to choose two. I'll choose one. Izzy will choose one. We'll put them together. If they come in, we will choose. pay you out. Oh, but Well, hopefully. There you go. He Izzy doesn't have one yet. So if you want to enter double eight, double three you got some time to get in his face and, and, and try and convince him to take Send me your one. bet. Juicy one. Yeah, juicy, juicy. you got five minutes. Um, Izzy, I'm going to ask again, come do Iron Mouldy with me and let's get an SENZ team as well, raise some coin for a worthy cause. I drove through Esk Valley. Holy hecker. That is from Brett. Yeah, like 100% Brett. I, I will do it, bro. I promise you, because my mum always wanted me to do it and uh, I never did when I was playing, so... I think um, it'll be good. My, my good mate from 
Hawks Bay Tummer. He's keen to do it as well. So I, I could do the bike or the swim, but I just couldn't do the, 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 run. the run. Yeah. All so right. I'll probably do the bike. Do the yeah, bike. But I'm keen. And horses texted through as well. Uh, I have come to the realisation while you've been away, what a great broadcaster you are. Missed your black and white opinions. Uh, glad you're back on the horse, bro. Oh, no, glad you're back, bro, from horse. Oh, thank you, horse. Appreciate it, mate. It's good to be back. Um, Ricardo, good energy, good vibes, and plenty going on in the sporting world, but uh, appreciate that. And um, got a big couple of weeks before we get into Christmas time, yeah, Christmas the... carols. Uh, is it is it okay? Is it appropriate to say Merry Christmas? Hope you have a good Christmas. It is now. We're in December, isn't it? Yeah, now we're in December. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. November was two days ago, and, and someone said to me, I said, is it appropriate? But, I don't think hey. so. Yeah, yeah when's it appropriate to put the Christmas tree out? Mine was up uh, a month ago, I think. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah, we have a because my daughter's birthday today, as I said, and her birthday's the first of December. Mm. She loves Christmas. My missus loves Christmas, so they've made that a thing that they do is they put it up on her birthday. So the Christmas tree goes up on her birthday, first um, of December. That's it's my brother's birthday house. today. Oh, is it? He Happy birthday to your brother. First December. <laughs> I'm gonna message him. <laughs> Uh, and this one from Dave Tito. Morena Brothers, welcome back. Izzy, great to see you doing the Bricky Show again. Bulla. Uh, Bulla. Sounds like Dave Tito's having a good you time. You haven't seen Kimpy? Well, maybe he has. Maybe he has. That sounds <laughs> a lot like you might have seen Kimpy. Uh, it is 28 away from nine when we come back. Uh, Pip joins us to, from the TAB right now, though. Here is Araha with the latest in news. Thanks to Kubota. Uh, their in-stock catalogue is out now. 26 away from 9 o'clock. Here are your choices for flooring. Poll results. Design, visualise and create your perfect floor with room view. Uh, well, what are you most looking forward to this weekend? Pretty close, actually. 30% have gone with Dubai 7s. That is uh, taking it out. Uh, we've got 25% saying the Black Caps versus Bangladesh. 20% on the Aussie Golf. Uh, we've got 15% on Mia Motu uh, defending her title. And 10% on the WBBL final featuring Mili Kerr as well. Uh, Chi, you discover your signature style and enjoy a virtual design experience with Choices Florence Rooms. You let's catch up now with Pip from the Tab. Check out the Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz. Bet safely. R eighteen. How are you, mate? I'm good, guys. How are you? Oh, good, Pip. How are you doing, mate? Hey, Bean. Plenty going on. You willing anything? Yeah, not really, to be uh. honest. But. Uh... I can't chip all, I can chip all right, but I certainly can't bet all right when I uh, put my money on them. But looks been good. Looking forward to uh, Tavapa and of course Whanganui this weekend with the list of three rolls to the fore. Yeah, there's plenty going on the weekend. I've betted absolutely zero. I had one multi overseas and Mr. Brightside ruined me, but a tissue got up, so that was happy. But uh, what is the bet of the weekend in terms of that big meeting at Tarapa? I knew you'd be on a tissue. Uh, I can tell you, testify <laughs> me in the Eagle Technology, $8 into 5 has been a real mover there, so maybe want to follow the money. Also, 2000 put on at $5. Grail Seeker in the three-year-old race, she's been backed by a margin. There's also $600 put on her at 4.2. Then heading to Whanganui, it's Egyptian Queen for Tiakau. She's the best backed in there in the three-year-old Phillies race followed closely by O'Neira, though. And the best back, Ruffy, is Get Funky. And we'll also have power plays boosted odds and, of course, the bonus back around those features. Nice, Pip. And uh, I, I know that uh, Kempi mentioned before he went away that the Sheik, El Sharok, might have a few uh, a few sneaky ones in the two-year-old race. Is there anything that uh, you, you've, you've caught wind of in that? 
Nothing at this stage. There's nothing coming through as yet. Maybe closer to Saturday we'll start seeing movements around those ones, dog, but nothing at this stage. That just seems to be, uh, yeah, the locals at this, at this point. Perp, how are you feeling in terms of Jerome Loy going and get paid? <laughs> Look, I can, I can understand why, right? He's, he's won three premierships with Penrith. I mean, I would have loved him to stay, but do I think he's detrimental to the team? Oh, like I said to Kempi last week, I don't think so. It's going to be a tough year without him. Oh, I think you're going to struggle. Oh, I don't know. You guys said that <laughs> last year. We still won. So I just don't I think we're going to be all right. We've still got enough depth there. So I reckon on the off-season, we'll pull something out. Dane Laurie will get the... Get the move on, and I think you'll see something from him this year. Yeah, I was actually reading. Uh, apparently, there's a, a trade deal in the offing because Penrith have obviously looked at the way things are going. They know that the dogs are, are sniffing around, so they've gone to the Tigers and said, "Look, listen, if you want Luai for 2024, you can have him, but we'll take Dave Clemmer off your hands, who they were trying they're trying to trade away anyway." And there's this kid whose name I can't remember now who came through, but he won uh, the player at the tournament at the Australian Schoolboys final. Uh, he's a halfback. I'll take that. I'll take that. And take the Clemmer, he can he's no bad player himself. He's just got to keep the old anger down. So, yeah. hey, look, I'll be happy with either of those two. Yeah, nice. So, Pip, our official uh, Penrith Panthers correspondent. Um, Pip, uh, what about on, a, on the sports side of things, mate? Things are looking a little bit uphill for the Black Caps. How much money uh, are you taking on Bangladesh at the moment? We're not. Well, apart from $800 at 220 the Kiwis are still getting in behind, I have to say, the black caps. There was 8K put on them at $1.85. Obviously, that's now way out to $4. There was also 3K put on them at 156 So head-to-head, they're still taking the most money, just that one $800 bet on Bangladesh. So maybe the Kiwis just hoping they can turn things around. And the other sport that's popular today is the NFL. It's a, there was $1,000 on the Dallas Cowboys at $1.23 to beat the Seahawks. And the most popular power or play, is, which is now boosted, is CeeDee Lamb and DK Metcalf combined for 200 more receiving yards. It was 375. It's out to 420 boosted. All right, Pip. Thank you so much for those uh, updates on what we could potentially have a go at. What's Pip stopping this weekend? I'm going to stop Mindy. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, and the day for cash heat. He's in the extra Greyhound meeting tonight. We're going to there's 15 races, so there's an extra meeting code of five. He's in the first race. And if you're looking for a blowout in the second to last race, race number four on that meeting, I like Allegro Smudge. She's at $13, I think $3.40 for the place. She was unlucky not to cross them fresh up last start. And I think second up for the right kennel on that track, $13 definitely overs. Nice. Good stuff, Pip. Have a great weekend, mate. Appreciate your Thanks, time. Pip. You too. Have a good one, guys. Cheers. Check out all the odds, promos, and boosted odds on the Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz. Bet safely. R18. When we come back, we will uh, work out the kicker. Well, should we do the kicker here? Do you know what your kicker is yet, Izzy? Mm, yeah. You do? You got it. Oh, let's do the kicker here then. Okay. Let's do the kicker. Uh, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I'm going to go. What are you doing? Barry texted through earlier, and he's taking the Wellington Phoenix, who are equal top of the A-League, to beat Western United over in Melbourne at $3.10. Western United are bottom. Okay, so you're going to take that? Yeah, I was going to take that. Three ten. It's What's good that? money. 3.10? Yep. Okay. Okay. I'm going to take, and I told you, if you are, if you just seen it in the last yeah. five minutes, you're going to have a genuine chance to come with the dagger. Well, 
I've just moved the page, so it's lost it again. But here we go. We're going to go to the Wanganui Cup. And we're going to go Mary Louise. Maddie Cameron on top. Robbie Patterson. We're going to chuck it on the nostril. And that is with Tony. So you and me, Tony. There you go. Mary Louise. What is, uh, I'll, I'll get Robbie to work out what that pays. We'll update that for you shortly. Uh, plenty of text still coming through. We'll get to some Up of those soon. As well. to mm. Mm. Ooh, that's right. That's I'll, I'll back you, Tony. Okay. Yeah, man. That's, that's what we want to hear. That's what we want to hear. <laughs> Not like one of those England coaches. Uh, 19 <laughs> away from nine. We'll be back with questions next. 14 away from nine on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. That uh, Kempe's kicker returns 461.50. There so you go. go. Yeah, get paid. So that's half, say, half for them, half for us? <laughs> no, just half for them, bro, unfortunately. <laughs> Unless you back it yourself. Uh, let's get into this. I've got some questions in my mind. All right, we've all got questions for you, Izzy. Here's the first one. Where was the best place you visited in Queensland? Oh, man, I, I visited some absolute doozies. Oh, I'd have to say the Whit Sundays. It's got 74 islands there, paradise, and we went to a place called Whitehaven Beach, which is 98.8 of silica sand. Wow. And it's just pure white, and the water is turquoise, and it is just so beautiful. The most beautiful place I've ever been to. And you jump on a, on a boat, and you go for about 40 minutes, and you're just in pure heaven, paradise. So I'd have to say that place in a close second would have to be Ken's. Oh, yeah. I went to Cairns for the first time and never, didn't really have any kind of excitement about it, but got there. Beautiful spot. It's got a real, uh, it's got a promenade along the waterfront there and it's beautiful water and then you're 30 minutes out on a boat here at the Great Barrier Reef, which is 2,600 kilometres long as well. So wow. there's a lot of Great Barrier there. There's a lot of Great Barrier Reef. All right, uh, question two. When? Were you the most convinced you might not make it out alive? Because I know you, you were a bit worried about crocs and sharks and snakes and everything oh, else. Oh, there was plenty uh, at the zoo. Went to the Australian Zoo and got to have an experience with the Komodo dragon. And Komodo dragons are big, angry lizards. They mm. are huge, and they absolutely dominate crocodiles. So I got to pat the Komodo dragon, but it wasn't that moment. The moment was in the Daintree Rainforest. Daintree Rainforest, we went to a place called Discovery Centre. Discovery Centre is, is a wonderful bushwalk through the Daintree Rainforest. You go to this platform 25 metres up and you overlook the forest and you, it's a wonderful view. Well, we just turned up and we we're relaxed. We we're end of our day. We we're like, sweet, let's just go for a walk and learn about 3,000 trees and you know the ones that are surviving, the ones that are struggling. We get there and they said, oh, you're just in time. It's time to feed the pythons. <laughs> it's time to feed the pythons. No, 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 no. We don't want anything to do with snakes. And now uh, I talked up a big game on here because Beaver was soft. You yeah. know, he's got a fear of heights. He were up 80 metres on the Slory Bridge in Brisbane and I've never seen a grown man cry. And he was crying. So I said to him, mate, I'm a snake wrangler. I'll do, it any- I'll do anything. Anyway, we get here and... They said, you got to feed the python. And I said, what am I feeding with? This three-meter-long stick or what? And they said, no, no, just got some barbecue tongs. So they gave me barbecue tongs and a rat. And I went up and I fed this python. And it's asleep. You put this rat in front of it. And then it slowly just creeps up, creeps up. And it's the fastest little swipe yep. from a snake you ever see. And it slapped at this, this rat and took it. And I thought it took my hand. So that's probably thought when I thought, okay. I'm not going to make it out alive here. <laughs> was the rat alive or dead? 
I did. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. yeah but it was in barbecue tongs. I said, yeah. what? Could you not? Like actual 20 centimetre long barbecue tongs. I said, yeah. what, why can't you buy metre long tongs? Have, have you, did you, what did you give it like just five minutes on each side or? I just held it for dear life and I was shaking <laughs> and I just had to, I, I looked, yeah, embarrassing. All right. <laughs> what was the most surprising thing about your time in Queensland? What did you learn? Ah, what did I learn? I learned a lot. I learned a lot about the Queensland state, um, how big it is, the beautiful places. The, the interesting thing is, is learning where Qantas started in Longreach, in the outback. Yeah. You'd think it would start in the main city, the big centres, but no, it actually started in a place called Longreach, which is in the middle of the outback and it's a. They've got a big museum there with all the original aircraft that they flew. The Dreamliner, the Connie. They actually, you know, the Connie. Yeah. Connie, Connie, the movie. They started the Connie. Ah. So it's actually originated from from um, Qantas. Uh, so we got to walk through that. The seven oh seven. I went through a plane that was actually flown by the Jackson Five, and it's a, a beautiful. It's got like all these offices. Um, beautiful little kit out of it. Uh, so that was probably the most interesting thing is understanding where Qantas was made and, and where the museum is. Yeah, who would have thought, eh, that uh, Australia, the land of the convicts, did Conair first? Yeah. Um, <laughs> who did all the driving? Uh, look, that's a debatable question because the reality is we flew everywhere. Oh, okay. uh, but Beaver's longest drive was an hour compared to me driving, I don't know, 2,000 kilometres through the south of France. So I don't think he's off off the cards yet in terms of long drives but he did the driving and he cried about it too because I couldn't sleep like I had a little nap he said well if you're not going to sleep you should drive I said no no I just want to sit here and enjoy your company so I stayed awake the whole time and and pissed him off excellent all right why would you or wouldn't you live there I would live there for the climate I would live there for the climate and just the way of life there everyone's up and chirpy the active and it's just a beautiful climate. Why well, wouldn't live there? Because everything wants to eat you and kill you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that's, so that's I went to have a shower in a place called Northern and uh, Winton and Northern Gregory in the outback, and I went in there and it was dark, and I just saw this little thing go across my bottom of my shower. Yeah. I didn't have a shower. Yeah, like, yeah, nah. And it was and it was only a gecko, but it still <laughs> it still scared the hell out of me. Yeah. Because so, everything wants to eat you and and, and it's slippery. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Ooh. All right. Last question. How many brownie points do you need to make up? I don't have to make up any. Because like I've said, this was a different trip and I went over there, I worked hard and I was up and I enjoyed it and I was communicating. So the brownie points are well and truly full and I'm looking forward to having a nice summer with the kids and uh, making some memories. The hardest thing was being away for a month, mm. you know, from the family. Everyone thinks it's glitz and glamour. Yes, it looks good on the socials. Yes, we did go on a helicopter over the Great Barrier. Yes, we did do a scenic flight. Yes, it does look good, but it's long days. Like, you, you think hour of filming is one minute of the show. We're doing eight 44-minute shows. Wow. 20, 30 days we're there, we, we filmed 27. Wow. Okay, no rest for the wicked, eh? Nah, so it's full noise. Full noise. All right, those were questions. Up next, Smithy. No doubt he'll want to grill you as well. A <laughs> couple of minutes away from nine, and uh, is his first show back. Uh, good to have him back in the house. And I know uh, uh, Ian Smith will want to welcome Dagger back with open arms. G'day, Smithy. Willie. 
Absolutely, I would dare see him down there perched up in the studio in Christchurch. Nice to finally see him back in a long week too, working all day Friday and then probably take a couple of days off, so perfect. Ah, perfect time to get back, Smithy. You know all about it, my friend. How was your trip to India, eh? It was good? I loved it. I loved every second of it. You'd, you'd be big in India, is he? You'd be very big in India, I can promise you that. Uh, as in big on the golf course? Uh, on the cricket sense, nothing. Oh, there's some beautiful golf courses over there. Really beautiful. I mean, India's just going ahead leaps and bounds. Great place to be. And on that subject, fellas, on that subject of golf, we have, uh, just coming up after nine, the great Sir Bob Charles. Nice. So I'm just so looking forward to that. This is such a great interview. Uh, we'll be talking also to uh, Liam Lonigan, son of, but half the partnership of DNL Events, yeah. uh, about what's uh, going on this weekend up in Whangarei. And Wally Lees, good old Wally Lees, who's uh, commentating for us here on SENZ and the, the White Ferns games over, uh, coming up against Pakistan. Of course, former uh, Black, uh, Black Caps coach as well. So they're in a spot of bother in Bangladesh. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah, it will uh, be. Smithy, just, just on um, young Hawks Bay golf, he's actually going to ride in the Aussie Open, mm. Zach Swanick. Have you, you heard of him, the young kid from yes, Tarradale? Mm. I've heard a, bit, a little bit about him. I mean, uh, I think he's immensely, obviously, immensely talented to even make a field like that. But there's been murmurings about him, is he, around Hawke's Bay? Yes, I haven't seen him playing in the flesh as such. But, yeah, uh, so just fulfilling a bit of promise. But as we know, it's a four-day event. <laughs> yeah. uh, how's he going to sustain it? That's the key. Yeah, that's going to be the thing. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Smithy, you have a great show, mate, and enjoy your weekend, eh? We'll do. Cheers, fellas. Same Cheers. to you. Yeah, you too. All right, Izzy, go well, brother. Good to have you back on deck. Looking forward I'm to I'm off Monday. to the golf course. See you later, <laughs> Smithy. <laughs> <laughs> of course he is.